CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What is up, Gypsy Gang? Before we get into this episode of the podcast, have to give a massive shout out to our awesome sponsors that keep the power on in Gypsy Gang Studios. Firstly, I need to give a big shout out to our friends at Nobby for keeping keeping the kids in their seat, keeping the uh, twig and berries in the fruit basket. These guys have been a sponsor now for a little bit and I'm really starting to, I guess, see the value in wearing super high quality underwear all the time. And when I started the deal with these guys, it was really just because I liked the brand and the vibe. And I think they stand for the same things that, that we do here. But over time, I've really begun to appreciate the product and the quality. And I just never really thought I was going to care that much about my underwear as I do now. Um, I've just hit the tipping point of not having any other underwear. Um, I went and ordered some extras the other day so that now I don't actually have to wear anything other than Nobby. Um, I've said it before in the, in the ads, but my preferred one is the long leg. Um, I just feel like that keeps me covered in like all situations. Um, whether it's training for jujitsu, surfing, mountain biking or racing, uh, right. I don't really race anymore. I can't really claim that. I'll just say riding when I'm riding motocross, um, that cut for me just keeps everything pretty well where it needs to be. It is super, super easy to join the Nobby Nation. It's just 20 bucks a month for a fresh pair of duds delivered to your door. Uh, it's super easy to cancel that subscription if you would be crazy enough to do such a thing. Uh, head to nobby.com.au and give them a follow on the gram at Nobby Underwear. Like I said, I'm I'm fully in now. I liked the brand before, um, but I've really fallen in love with the product itself. Next, have to give a shout out to our homies at Boost Mobile. Uh, we've had a lot of great feedback from people who listen to the podcast Um, that have made the switch and uh, we had the call out going for a while um, just asking kind of if you've switched and we'd heard of it and we got a ton of responses I'm I'm really grateful for the people that did respond to us Uh, and it seems like 
the feedback that we've gotten anyway is super positive for the people that did make the switch um $50 gets you 20 gig of data super easy you can get a sim card at servos or you can head to boost.com.au uh, and make the switch i have not regretted making the switch at all i'm never looking at um how much data i've got left because i've got more than i need um and i'm a super data hungry mofo so this has been a great fit for me um and it's been a great fit for listeners of the podcast as well which stokes me out this is another one of our i guess fighting podcasts um meeting a lot of really cool people in i guess this like the industry um the game whatever you would like to call it uh through my own training and i know that like there's some people that dm they're like oh i don't really listen to as much of the fighting ones as the other ones um obviously yeah just coming from like that action sports background um but i'm trying to make them as interesting as possible and not as much just about i guess like the mma or the jiu-jitsu side of things it's, it's more about the people um if you're the type of person that can make a living from fighting or jiu-jitsu or any of these combat sports um you're a super interesting person you've been through a lot of adversity you've dealt with a lot um my guest today is a lovely New Zealand born uh Australian raised female fighter who is a mixed martial artist she fights for Bellator name is Janae Harding and she is an extremely cool person uh I followed her on Instagram for a while she's followed the podcast for a while and she's someone that I wanted to get on because I just really respect the way that she I guess conducts herself the attitude she has when she goes into fights and she's a super good looking girl that could essentially be some kind of like fitness model. Uh, and we live in a time now, I guess, where there's like a blurry line between uh, the female athlete and like that model kind of um, deal. So it was cool to get her in, talk to her about her career, getting started in fighting. Um, and then some of those differences that i guess exists between like male and female uh fighters so it was really cool to to have a girl come in uh and talk really frankly about what she believes in and what she thinks about uh these kind of new age issues that we're dealing with um with kind of female male sports uh and she didn't really just decide to follow a trend or go with like the popular belief she really has the courage to kind of speak her own mind which i really really respect and i enjoyed the conversation um as always these podcasts that are revolved or centered around fighting are also brought to you by our friends at fightlife.com.au i say it every time but these are the guys that i use uh, to buy my geese and uh, my training equipment i'm actually probably about to start doing some like boxing and stuff like that so i'm going to use these guys to get uh some of the boxing equipment they've basically got everything for combat sports so yeah go give those guys a follow at fight life oz on instagram as well as fightlife.com.au even if you're doing like cross training from like moto and stuff like that they'll have you covered so yeah without any further ado uh really great chat with mma rising star janae harding Janae Harding, we're rolling. 
How are you? What's happening? Um, nothing much. You look pretty good for a chick that was just in a boxing match. <laughs> Thank you very much. I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't get hit that much, I'm guessing. Um, she just. She just didn't have a lot of heat on her hands, like um, and my like we cracked down on my defense for this because I was coming up a couple of weight divisions, so we were just mad on keeping them frames up and um, like I didn't, I kind of looked back at it last night briefly and I didn't really use a lot of head movement, but just my frames were there because I just really. I, I dropped my left a bit too much so usually I end up with a swollen left eye after every fight and stuff like that so yeah kind of I think it was a combination of my defense and I've been hit a lot harder than that before in fights so I'm kind of stoked yeah so <laughs> you uh you're a mixed martial artist yeah so you took this boxing match just kind of like to keep things fresh or like I guess where were you at with that it was just kind of I was on my way back to Australia from the UK and uh Bellator like I fought in May in San Jose and then since then Bellator have have kind of been like oh maybe October November maybe this time and it kept looking like I was going to get pushed back pushed back until I was back on again in the cage yeah and um so I was coming back from the UK and they asked me if I want to do this boxing fight it was kind of like a couple of months ago when I was in Thailand they were asking me to do this boxing fight they were going to fly me from Thailand and I was going to do it in Melbourne um but then they had troubles with their venue or something can uh, it kept getting pushed back from like July 17th to August 4th and it got pushed back again. And I was like, oh guys, I can't just sit in Thailand and wait until you guys mm. give me a date and I fly over because I've got to, I've got other stuff to do. I've got to move on. Um, and I was going to the UK. So I just kind of said, oh, hopefully we can sort it out another time. And then just so having on my way back, literally in the airport, they were like, oh, Taylor's ready again for the um, 7th of September. And that was me. And I was like, okay, cool. I've got three weeks just over three weeks I think it was like three and a half and yeah made it over to Melbourne and we got it done and it's good, like good money as well like sounds a bit silly but I've been traveling so much recently living off this fighting it's kind of next to impossible every fighter will tell you um you don't you, you can get a job I guess if you want to sacrifice the amount of training you do and then if other way around it's kind of like if you don't get a job then you don't have any money and so I was like, oh, I'll do this boxing fight. It's good experience. Keeps me active and I get my paid. So mm. it's whatever. I, um, I've got kind of a new respect. Like I've worked with athletes for like the last 15 years, basically yeah. like or well, 12 years since I left school, um, in like the filming role. Yeah. But it wasn't until basically a couple, well, like last month I went to Thailand to do, um, the Lachlan Giles jiu-jitsu camp. Yeah. So I went. Uh, and missed it like by yeah we were there like (laughs) really close and so we were training two hours a day yeah in the morning and then two hours a day in the afternoon and then i think i was there for 12 days i did a little bit extra like i went to tiger muay thai i trained with Stuart cooper for a couple days um so i think i did of the 12 days i was there i think i trained two a days for 10 of those days and then i came back and i went pretty hard with training and then the pan packs are on in melbourne yeah yeah in like the end of october and i was like all right cool i'm gonna do the pan packs i'm gonna basically treat my life like an eight-week camp like yeah. a fight camp and fuck it's hard because like just today <laughs> i was starts to suck <laughs> yeah and i was gonna go to training this morning yeah. and then i was like okay well i'll 
go train this morning and then I'll do the podcast with Janae and yeah. then I'll go train again this afternoon. Yeah, but and then, all come together. <laughs> yeah, and then my, my friend calls me and he's like, hey, Maddie Phillips, who's coming in right after you, yeah. he's going to Tassie. So I was like, I was texting you and I was like, hey, I got to push you forward and then I got to get them in and then no training session this morning. Yeah. And then last week I trained, I, I can only train Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I did yeah. two sessions a day for those three days. Yeah. And my, I've got a... Uh, the two-time Supercross champ lives with us right now. Mm-hmm. And basically he trains yeah. and then he comes home, he sits on the couch. And, and you were riding Fortnite. on the weekend too, hey? Yeah, yeah. And I rode on the weekend. I didn't <laughs> do much though. But um, but anyway, he, he's like, uh, comes home from training, plays Fortnite and then goes back to training, plays Fortnite and then goes to sleep. Yeah. And I'm like, man, you got so much time. Like, why don't you do other stuff? Yeah. But these last few weeks that I've been essentially trying to train like a professional athlete, I don't want to do shit. Like, I'm fucked. Man. So, did the idea of... And, I mean, I've got a job. Like, I've got Gypsy Tales. Yeah. I've got the filming. And it's like, I'm exhausted from trying to do both. So, I mean, to what you just said about, like, having a job, it just yeah. almost doesn't seem like an option. Man, like, in the first, like, start of my career when I was amateur and I was moving through and I was just on the Australian scene, yeah, I had a full-time job, but I was working, like, 40, 50 hours a week. And then before I moved overseas, I was working three jobs. So, like, there was about two hours of my week that I had free and obviously those two hours weren't spent like reading or listening to a podcast or something they were spent fucking mindlessly watching Netflix or something yeah, so I didn't have to worry about out. anything yeah and I could just chill the fuck out and like let my body rest for just a second let my mind rest for a mm. second because I was like managing a health food shop uh taking classes and a little bit of PTing and then working at the markets on a Sunday yeah and like I was starting work on Sunday at 3.30 in the morning to set up like so I was up at like two like Saturday nights weren't a thing Friday yeah. nights weren't a thing nothing was a thing and then like it was totally worth it but like everyone kind of was like oh like what else do you do and I was like there oh, is no time for I don't anything else. do anything else right now and then I was like oh like that was all with the um, end game in mind being the goal being to move to Thailand and having free time and then to you know start being more mindful, doing more yoga, doing all mm. this stuff. I had all these goals set out. Got to Thailand. Fuck, you train in the morning. You want to go to sleep in the middle of the day yeah. after you eat. Then you train in the afternoon. And then and you're it's just hot like, as fuck. yeah, it's just a neck level thing. Cause like you just like the heat takes so much out of yeah. you. You end up wanting to sleep. You either have to compensate it with sleeping or eating. And I don't want to eat too much because I'll blow out too far. Yeah, and then, the so thing. yeah, so you got to sleep more. And then, you kind of you get over to Thailand it's such a social place too like because yeah. um especially on that street on the soy everyone's all there like and you always you're talking about like the tiger street yeah, yeah yeah so that's called soy tired so a lot of people just call it the soy because um, yeah. it's got Phuket top team down one end tiger down the other end then you've got all the other gyms in between and the crossfit gyms and the muay thai mm. gyms and blah 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 it blew me away man when oh. i was there like i had no idea because <laughs> the my camp was secret. at absolute yeah which is uh Rawai. yeah so it's kind of like a little bit out of joe the way just like because st- i still haven't been there but i've heard about do you like, know joe um i met him when i was there last year dude he's the best he's funny funniest dude oh, man fuck. oh like i was just in uh because i was just in melbourne i was hanging out with Tao from uh the collingwood absolute oh yeah yeah, um, yeah, the yeah, dre- yeah. guy with the dreads yeah yeah um and he's awesome but he was filling me in about the whole um absolute in thailand and i was like oh joe's a loose unit but he's like hilarious to hang oh, out with like <laughs> he had so much fun with him mate. and i was like oh like I, he he's 
been to Thailand, so like he's like one of the best vets of Thailand. Like yeah. one of those people who's been there for a long time. He's had like 150 fights or something. Yeah, as well. And then yeah, and then he's still getting in trouble. Like, <laughs> Dude. I'm like, bro, like I knew that after getting here for like two weeks, and I was like, okay, don't go to Batong, do this, don't do this. Yeah. Like, but yeah. he um. Dude, he's like we have a we have a group chat with a couple of boys that I met on the camp. Yeah, yeah. it's called Thailand Underground. Yeah, and uh, man, just like because he's there, obviously still. Course, yeah, and like the shit he sends through, man, just makes me <laughs> laugh so hard, eh? So funny. Like you, once you get into it, and then you like meet everyone, you just you just change your standards. I think as well, like yeah. you're just like, oh, that's normal that there's like this going on in Batong, or like yeah, you're going here for a massage or whatever's happening. You're like, yeah, yeah, that's like. That's Thailand how the life, boys yeah. are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay, cool. But yeah, it is what it is. Over there is like a whole different world. Man, yeah. I like, I had no idea what I was getting into, especially because yeah. I'm new just to jiu-jitsu in general. Yeah, true. So it wasn't like I'd got a lot of experience and knew what I was kind of getting into, but it was hands down one of the best weeks of my life. Yeah. And I want to go back for the Craig Jones camp in November, October, November. Oh, yeah. Um, I go over that dude, yeah. yeah, I'm really keen. So <laughs> it's like a, um, yeah, another camp with him at Absolute, and cool. like, oh, just to, just to live for a week, and like, my phone didn't work unless I was at the, yeah. um, at the resort. But then the resort Wi-Fi, it's not like it's great. No. So half the time I didn't even have Wi-Fi in the yeah. places where I should. Yeah. So I was just like, fuck it. I'm out. It's like, I just checked yeah. out for a week. Don't and worry about it. it was Jump just, on a scooter, go somewhere. Yeah. You're in Rewai. I mean, that's such a dope area. Yeah. I'm kind of glad that it was in Rewai, not on the tiger side of yeah, town. Because I never like, stay on the street. Like, yeah. Never. Just, it's pretty full on. Not because I don't like it, but just, yeah, you, you don't get a break. Like, nah. you walk out your door and you're like, oh, hey, hey, hey. You go to sit down at breakfast and then you can't have like a private like just yeah, two seconds you don't to feel yourself like yeah so it's just constantly like oh i see you guys like twice a day at training and around the camp which is one of those places that you can spend like four hours a day at because tiger's so fucking huge and ridiculous oh. so you you like go there eat maybe train again and then like because i was doing like i'll like i'll do a morning class and then i'll help out with the boxing or do the boxing because mm. you can do like two or three on in a row and then maybe yoga's at like eleven forty-five and like lifting's at one thirty. so you can just literally continue just your day training. just training yeah. and then you're like at the time you think your body's catching up to it but it's not but yeah but then you want to like get away from tiger especially on the weekends and you want to just drive somewhere i just kept driving north like i just kept figuring uh, finding all these like uh cafes and places like up north and um when i was there last year we had a motorbike as well which was um just like a, a little bit more freedom like you just yeah, a little bit yeah. safer on a motorbike yeah um as much as the mopeds still go about the same speed it's just like a little bit better and yeah, you can drive yeah. it for longer and you kind of rely on it you can wind, like vine through all the people and stuff a little bit you're a little bit more in control because you can change gears and shit like that so it, i just i was like oh i'm taking this thing up north like near the airport and stuff like that yeah. and um i had a couple of thai friends as well which helped so if you take them with you you're not gonna bump into any trouble you're not gonna get stuck anywhere they can haggle down like a like food or whatever you're getting you're not gonna get ripped off or yeah. and all that kind of stuff and they're gonna know all the little spots so yeah. yeah i was like oh i like this place but you gotta get off it every now and again yeah <laughs> did you do many fights while you're in thailand just like kickboxing fights i've only had two that were both in thailand but for me it's like 
there's not a lot of small Asian people in the world. And there's like, if I do fight, it's usually against a foreigner. Yeah. Um, and it that again, it's like there's not a lot of heavier girls like yeah. that come over to Thailand. I mean, just like as you can see by the divisions that are most popular in the UFC and um, in boxing, you don't get like those 72, 73, 74, yeah. five kilo girls. So it's like I could only I, – I put my hand up a lot of times um, when I was free and I didn't have any MMA lined up, but – when I did it, it, took maybe like a week or two to get matched up and then you finally get matched up and they're like, oh, you're going to fight on the Friday and then it gets to the Friday and then like, oh, you're going to fight on the Saturday. And yeah. you're like, okay, cool. Like eventually this is going to happen. But yeah, it's all a bit like not messy, but it's just how they are. It's just, just ties. Like yeah. there's fights on every day. So you can put your hand up and you'll get it, but it might take a week or something. It might not, like you might change the way. Yeah, that makes times. sense. Yeah. We um we had a one of the guys that did the jiu-jitsu camp. He ended up staying and did um, uh, the Muay Thai camp as well. So he ended oh, yeah. up staying there for a month and he just had a fight the other night. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah. pretty crazy. Like, just the culture there, man. Like, it's so weird to have, like, fighting not be a big deal. Like, yeah. I feel like here, people just aren't fighting in the, the same way. And, I mean, even me, like, I got a couple comps coming up these next two weekends and I'm, like, just, like, always thinking about it. It's, like, always on your mind. But, yeah. like... You know, Joe and um do you know uh Helen? I can't remember her name, her last name. What uh, I need to, she's is she uh, absolute or she used to fight in um she did she was on the Ultimate Fighter, um Helen Hellraisers, like her Oh uh what's her, what's Helen her Malone? Oh, I can't remember. I'm just gonna I'm gonna do the if do the if it's Helen the Hellraiser Malone, um What's going on with the power in here? <laughs> um, I fought her. Helen Harper. Oh no. No, so yeah. Anyway, she was um she was at the camp with us as well. Yeah. Um, and then doing the Muay Thai as well as mm. like the camp. But yeah, she's like, oh, I'm gonna have a fight tonight. And yeah. then she just rocks up and fights and yeah. wins. And then especially goes if back you're a bit smaller, like you can like for dudes, literally any day of the week, you mm. put your hand up, they'll get you a fight as long as they like like you. Like with Tiger, they do have kind of like that standards thing where if you yeah, if you're repping um, Tiger, you've got to be you got to be kind of like a good standard. You got to have either had fights or they got to watch you hit pads or spar or mm. something. And then they're like, oh yeah, no, we will get you a fight. They put more effort into like the pro guys, obviously more than yeah, um, just some random tourist people because they like their beat down too. They have that um, beat down first Saturday of every month or whatever. Oh okay. And they just put like um about like seven or so fights, all guys from the gym fighting each other. And it's just at Tiger, um, they set up a massive all-you-can-eat um, like buffet and you've got seats and one of the rings up and then um, V-Watt, the owner of Tiger, just like MCs it and then you just watch all these super amateur fights like they wear shin pads and shit. But it's like, it's good. It's like a good morale for everyone because everyone's yeah. kind of like, um, they have something that like they come over there to do their fitness camp. Like maybe they are like overweight and they're just going mm. to Tiger for six weeks to see how they There go. was a ton of that and that really surprised me. Like yeah. I thought it was super cool too though that there was like, man, there was dudes that were like 300 pounds walking around there and you could just tell they were struggling. Like it was insanely hot and like yeah. I'm fit and I was on struggle street. Yeah. So I was like, man, you boys are really putting it in. But yeah. you that whole street's like CrossFit and all of these people. Like I just – I didn't really know that Thailand was this crazy Hidden like fitness foreigner. retreat. Yeah. yeah. That all these people were like going there to like get healthy. There's just all these white people on this one street in the it's, middle of Thailand. It's just crazy. Like, What's up, guys? Like everyone speaks English. All the restaurants, they all speak English. You know, like it's all accustomed. And it's 
I don't know if you realise, but like if you went to Patong or something, it's like a lot cheaper than Patong. Like yeah, that right. side of the island. Yeah. There's cheaper places than Chelong for sure, um, where Tiger is, but um, it is a lot che- like a lot less touristy and commercial than like Patong. Because then you go to a restaurant, and you'll pay like you end up paying like four or five hundred baht for a meal. Yeah, rather than which like which is like two, pretty yeah, Western, which prices. is pretty like expensive. You're like oh, like especially if you start living there, like Joe will tell you, just like oh, I'm not spending two hundred and fifty baht, which is like the Australian equivalent to like like less than like 10 bucks yeah and for that for us that's cheap but for when you get over there when you, you get just change there. your standards you're like yeah. fuck that i'm not paying 250 baht like 100 baht like maximum kind of like meals and stuff like that and some of the street foods like 60 baht like you it's can so get chicken and too. rice yeah <laughs> or like pork and rice or something 60 baht which is uh two dollars two Couple bucks two, yeah 250 or something um what was that there's one uh it was like a cafe kind of chain um, there's one on that Tiger Street. It's yeah. like Shake Shack, not Shake oh, Shack. Oh, yeah, the Shack. The Shack. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's owned like, by an Australian dude too. Yeah, yeah, and he charges like a wounded bull. <laughs> we ate there a bunch and I was like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm not paying for this <laughs> shit. What, like the first, I think the first time I ever went to Thailand, I went for like 10 days and I was living it up, man. I was just like, yeah, we'll go to the Shack. We'll go to Muscle yeah, Bar. Yeah. And then I was like, we've got all these places. And then. I started living there and I was like, oh, you guys want to go to the shack? I was like, oh, I can't afford to come there. Like, I yeah. was like, can can we go like to the place across the road? Um, there's a place called the the Rich House and uh, it's like okay. super cheap, like um, run by some ties and they're just like, they're just like 120 baht for a chicken wrap and it's like giant and yeah. stuff like that. And it's just like, yeah, I'd rather go across the road, like next to the Yeah, once you know yeah. the spots, yeah. Yeah, so much better. And you're just like, oh. I'll meet you guys later on then or something. Yeah. Like, what? Rather not. So what got you into fighting? Um, I because you're not you. You don't look like the stereotypical fighter. Like yeah, you're, for people just listening, you're a very good looking girl. Normal. Yeah. And you would not expect that you would want to get punched in yeah, the face for a little. I was like, yeah, let's fight my life away. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So where did that first come from? I did like it, like when I was younger. My mom's a single parent, and I'm an only child. So her kind of way of um, keeping me occupied and keeping me out of trouble was sort of just like chucking me into every sport possible. And um, as much as I didn't like to this day, I don't even know how she did it, but I did like every single sport you could think of. Like I did hip hop dance, I did basketball, I was pretty good at touch football. I did hockey for a little bit. Hockey's pretty good in New Zealand too. Like that's kind yeah, of like okay. the norm of doing of sports um heaps of shit and then like when i was about 10 or 11 um i started karate we were just like oh maybe we should try martial arts and like give it a go and we're like oh we'll do karate first and i started in shotokan karate which is kind of like a pretty westernized um like type of martial arts now and then i yeah i kind of loved it I, i think i like the individual aspect of it um, as much as I'd done some individual sports, it was kind of just like I had me to worry about and mm. my progress and I could really hone in on that. And then um, I got my black belt and uh, I did some competitions and some tournaments and um, all that kind of stuff. And then I kind of just realized that it was a bit commercial. Yeah. Did and you have, because I did Taekwondo for years when I was a kid. Yeah. And I didn't end up getting a black belt because... I started getting fights in school. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not horseman stance midsection punching some motherfucker. Working. Like, yeah. I'm just going to try and knock this <laughs> yeah. dude out. Yeah. And I just, I wasn't like using any of this Taekwondo. Like, yeah. I, I front kicked a dude in a bar once. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Came I was out like, of nowhere. <laughs> I was like, that worked. <laughs> but for the most part, like, every single fight that you'd get into was like, 
kind of messy and sloppy and there's like there's too much space like people can oh. move like way too far away from you karate comps they like they do point sparring and you mm. you hit someone and then they stop it yeah and you're like bro we haven't even got started like how the fuck am i meant to get warm if i'm just like just like all right ready set go and then punch all right stop and then ready set go all right punch and then stop and it's yeah. like what are we doing this isn't a fight like i get that point sparring like the whole you get, you get ideal the of, of it, karate yeah. is it's like jousting so ancient yeah. yeah but realistically i'm not gonna stand like that and it's like it doesn't really feel like a competition when you could it's just like who gets there first. It's kind of like a race rather than a skill. Yeah. And then I was and then just you can't like build it into like a craft. As yeah. Such. Like you can't get a pace and a rhythm. Nah, you're not flowing. You're not doing combos. It's not really like a thing. And you're not really defending. You're just kind of like mm. trying to get there first. And I was like, oh, you guys are just like I. I think I got charged like 150 bucks for my black belt to get my black belt uh. to grade for my black belt, and I was like. Why am I paying for something that I've earned? Yeah, I've been I've training for, here. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, I was like, I would you guys fail me if I was shit? Like, I was like, how do I know if like, yeah. you know, I just pa- I paid my money. So surely I should get this belt at the end of it. And it's kind of like, I was not going to be able to defend myself out of paper bag. Like if I got into like, got up to 18 and was in the like Cavalav or something, I highly doubt I'm just going to do like an up block and yeah. figure it out. It's like yeah. not going to happen. So I was just kind of like, oh, I'm getting a little bit too mature for this. And it's not, re- I'm not getting out of it that whole ideal of karate kid and fucking this is going to change my life and I'm going to be a sick ninja at the end of yeah. this. I'm like, I can't do anything with all this stuff. And so I was like, oh, I'll find something else. I didn't even really know about MMA, to be honest. Like um, I started when I was 15, which is about, like nine years ago um so like i think ufc one was only like 10 years in or something like so yeah i mean it's only like a 20 year old sport yeah i didn't know shit about it. it wasn't on tv like especially in australia um but the gym was around the corner from my mom's work at the time and uh i was like oh we'll just go check it out we'll see what it is i mean it's a different martial arts surely it'll be good got in like there was no uniforms like everyone was kind of like mixed age there was some older dudes I was the young, youngest person there um, because I did go to like the kind of advanced-ish like intermediate adults class because mm. I was like 15, but I was I'm, I was always, yeah, always been, like a like big a, kid as yeah, well. Yeah. And then I had that background. Skills, yeah. So I was like, oh, I sh- I'm not going to do the kids classes um, and I'm not going to do like super beginner. And so then I just I was like, oh, this looks like way more mature and at my standard. And like, I was like, oh, this kind of makes more sense. And then I think, I think we just did like a basic double leg or something like it was the first class I ever did and it was just Mm. like elevation penetration cut the corner like and that kind of thing and I was like this would really work if I got like yeah yeah. if I got stuck I was like I could just take someone down and then um I did a kick and the coach so what was it it was it like an MMA gym yeah yeah it was Puma um down in a township drive yeah yeah so uh I went in and Vinny, Vinny was there. Um, there was some dude at the time, um, Wade, who used to be, Wade Yates style, used to be in the um, scene. He was a fighter and he was playing a bongo drum. And I was like, what What the hell's going on here? Like, there's got this like older dude. Like, if you've met Vinny, he wears a hat. He's like chilled out as fuck. Um, he, like in the gym, there's lots of bongos and stuff, like random shit. And he's like putting bongos to do like leg kicks. Like one, two, kick, one, two, kick. But he's like doing oh, like so a bongo like to that. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And then, but like the vibe of Vinny himself, 
he came up to me, spoke mainly to my mom because she came with me, and he was like, oh, what we do here is we do have some fighters, but I'll put her in this class. I'll see how she goes. You can tell she's got like a little bit of talent there and some uh, some background skills. Mm. But um, he's like, I'd never let her fight unless she was ready. I'm not going to just I'm like let her do stuff like that because we kind of explained. It's not like a puppy farm kind yeah. of deal. It's not that kind of gym and uh, and I'll look after her and make sure she's all right because I, I think I was the only chick as well. I was, I was the youngest and I was the only chick in this class. So I yeah. was like, I was like, oh, this is a bit foreign. Like I'm a bit intimidated, but I just usually, I'm one of those kids that will, if anything, mask any kind of nerves with overconfidence. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll just fucking go it. Like <laughs> you want to teach me how to like ride a motorbike? I'll just fucking, I'll be in fifth gear already and yeah, <laughs> figuring it out. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, like, yeah. And then I just, I stayed for ages and I was in the intermediate class and I was training um, at school, but I was also working um, and going to school. Um, and it was a perfect time in my life to start because it just, it gave me a mature community outside of school and, um, it also was something that I loved. I enjoyed building it. I didn't really do a lot of jujitsu like separately, like just the ju- like jujitsu aspect as itself, but I did like bridge and rolls and like, yeah, you, you kind of like, did like the scissor base stuff. Yeah. 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 General MMA type things that you mm. kind of say now. And yeah, I just stuck with it. And as soon as I got out of school, <clears throat> it kind of got to the point where my mom wasn't taking me to training anymore um, and she wasn't paying for it because um, she was like, oh, if you're an adult now, if you want to do it, you got to do it yourself. And that was kind of like I just had to decide. I was like, oh, what am I going to do? And then I went to training one day and um, I forget his name, but uh, Benny Alloway, it was when Benny Alloway and Dylan were both um, doing quite well. Uh, ben had already come out of the Tough Smashes um, and we had, man, I'm never going to remember his name, but we had a, co- a coach from America over at the time that was there for Benny. And, um, we had a lot of hype around our gym. I know, uh, oh. um, Ben Alloway. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, Dylan Andrews was also, um, just about to go into the ultimate fighter or was uh, already in. Okay. Um, so we had like that kind of like two UFC guys in our gym, um, Heaps of hype going on. Everyone and so that kind like of like, of high. yeah, that was like, had, man, maybe this is something I could yeah. do. Yeah. And then we had a coach from America following Benny around a little bit and he was taking the class once. He made me do a single leg in front of him or something. And he was like, oh, you have to either decide if you're going to do this as a hobby or as a career. And I was just like, oh, nobody's ever asked me that. Like I've, mm. I was kind of like, mm. I never really thought I could do it because females weren't even in the UFC as well. So I was like, can, uh, where, where can I go? I can go to... Strike force was still around, but I can go to Invicta, I guess. But I'm not going to make that much money in Invicta, and I'm probably not going to make a livelihood off it as well. And then um, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do at uni as well, because I mean, you finish school, and everyone here is like, "Oh, you get an OP, and then you get into yeah, uni, get and uni. you do that for three and a half years or whatever, and then you figure it out." But I'm not an Australian citizen, um, and I can't become one. Uh, because of the the laws were just a bit funny when I came over. So what 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 was the deal with that? It's like you got to come over before 2010, uh, and you got to have an immediate family member that was born here. So I got to have like a brother, sister, mother, father, yeah, whatever that was born here. And I don't like I, it was just me and mum came over when, when I was 10, and 
um, I think we just missed the cutoff. Um, I think they are trying to change it because obviously it's a bit outdated now. Yeah. But it's kind of like the different standards for um, since New Zealand's so close and there's so many of us over here, they kind of just want you to come over, pay tax, and then go and retire in your own country. Yeah. Which makes sense. Like obviously it would be a bit of an issue if you're paying everyone a pension when there's so many New Zealanders over here. Yeah. But at the same time, I can't get hex as well. Mm. So I was kind of like, whatever I do do at uni, I better fucking love it because it's going to cost me an arm and a leg to do this and I have to pay up front before every term and I was like man that's gonna be hard like I'm gonna have to work I'm gonna have to do it part-time and I was like I don't really know if I like anything enough like I was like especially at that age too man like fuck I've been through like 17 businesses (laughs) and all of them I was like this is the shit I'm gonna do forever (laughs) and then I'm like two years and I'm like fuck this (laughs) yeah so all my friends have fucking finished their uni degrees and they're like I don't really like that job. Dude, 100%. I was like, oh, so glad I didn't go to uni. Like, I was like, maybe I'll do communication. Like, that was kind of like always something that I looked at, media, um, TV presenting. I wanted to be like a kid's show or sports media Mm. um, presenter. And um, I was like, yeah, that'll be a good idea, I guess. Like, but it's not, I'm not loving it. I'm not passionate about it. And I was like, aren't you meant to be passionate about something you're going to do with for the rest of your life? Where was your, what was your mum like with that? Was she like the kind of person that was like, just get a degree at all costs or was she someone that like really pushed for passion in your life? She was just, yeah, she, cause she was brought up kind of being told you finish school and you get a job. You don't go to uni, you get a job. Like, mm. um, especially in New Zealand and Christchurch, it's kind of like, and back in the day, it's just like, you just finish school and you get a job and you maybe do that. Or you get a trade or something like that. Like her brother's yeah. a builder, her sister works in a um, the hospital or something. And so she just got a job. And so she like, as she was raising me, she kind of was like, I'm never going to tell you that that's what you meant to do. She's like, whatever the fuck you want to do, you go find it. As long as you 100% about it, it, I'll back you. It doesn't matter what it is. If you want to go to uni, go to uni. But if you want to be the best PT in the world, go be the best PT in the world. If you're going to be the best hairdresser in the world, I don't care if it's low or like in her standards, just be the best at it and just Mm. try open your mind at that. So no, hundred percent. She wasn't pushing me. The main pressure I got for uni is your school. School is just like, man, you have to know what you want to be and you have to know exactly who you are at 17 years old. I don't know if anyone like, I don't know if anyone listening to this even knew who they were at 17 years old. Like, it's just a whole nother world. I don't think I'll know who I am till I'm 30. Dude, like, I was about to say, like, I'm, <laughs> I just turned 30 and I'm, like, finally figuring some like, shit out. That makes sense. Yeah. And like, it's like, fuck. the there shouldn't be this pressure that there is. That, that's the, the norm. Yeah. And you have to go to Bond or, like, the one that costs $500,000 and yeah. you have to be a lawyer or a doctor and if you don't get the right OP, then you're fucked now. It's like, I got an OP 17, which was pretty shit. Mm. And it's because I... I did too much at school. I just tried to do too much. I was like schoolhouse captain. Um, I did the OP plus one. So I did five subjects and a certificate course. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people do the OP pathway. They have six subjects and one of them, if they fail that subject, it doesn't count. You just take one of those subjects Uh, off. doesn't matter. So all of my subjects had to be 100%. Like Mm. I didn't have a choice. And then I had this certificate course. I was doing my personal training courses as well. And so I was like, and then... I was doing sports, I was doing mixed martial arts and I was working and I was getting myself to and from school every day, packing my own lunch, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, fuck, like, I I just dropped the ball and I got a OP 17 and I was like, I can get into the communication course that I want, but what if I wanted to be something else? Like, I was Mm. like, oh, kind of limited myself a little bit. And at the time I thought that was the end of the world. And then 
as soon as that coach was like, you want to do this as a hobby or a career, I was like, man, this is what I love. I just realized like this thing that I've been doing for the last three, I would have been doing it maybe like three years as a hobby has been the thing that ignites some fire in me and makes mm. me so happy and I can come to, I can relax, I can learn, I can better myself. It's given me a community. It's given me um, a sense of discipline in the way of like eating and health, be, being a little bit more health conscious and exercising. And I was like, if I do this for, the, for like, as a career, this is going to be a positive thing. Like this is going to be something that I can strive towards and make goals and challenge myself and push myself. And so I was mm. like, oh, I'll just do a fight and see how I go. Like obviously you never know. Like I've seen the best martial artists in the world be the worst fighters. Um, that is weird how that it works. Is, huh? hey. Like there's even um, there's even some people that I know in jiu-jitsu that like yeah. in the gym, I'm like, so damn, motherfucker. And there. then like comms, it's just like a different guy shows up and it's like it's it's really crazy to it i guess like you don't have anywhere to hide in yeah those martial art kind of sports because like it's just you and another dude exactly and And i love that yeah there's nowhere that the buck can be passed around to but it's like it's super revealing and it's very intimidating and i mean even for me like when i have my fights i I'm not nervous at all for the fight itself. Yeah. Like as soon as we slap hands and get going, like Sweet. I'm totally fine. Yeah. But the thought that my team is watching me and my friends are watching me and my girlfriend's watching me and yeah. I could lose in front of them. Yeah. That's like the thing that And everyone's going to me message you after you finish. Like, how did you go? And you're like, fuck, I lost. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I didn't mean to, but this is what happened. And, but you weren't there and you don't understand. Like, and this maybe went wrong. Like maybe I ate the wrong thing that day or mm. like literally anything. And you have this small little window to be the best motherfucker you can be. Mm. And that in itself, like, doesn't matter who's in your corner. Like, like I kind of got to the point like now in my career where I'm like it doesn't matter who's cornering me ultimately I need to work my ass off in the gym and if I haven't then that'll show on my fight like mm. that's like as pretty much black and white as it gets but then you've got all those things like you could have eaten the wrong thing you could have a bad weight cut you could have flown over it could have been shitty flights you could have mm. got delayed you could have missed a couple of sessions you maybe um didn't run enough or whatever it is and then that could just affect these like 15 minute window for you to be the best the best performance Mm -hmm. that you could do it's kind of like pretty crazy and i think that that first fight i ever did i was lucky enough that i was out the back and i was laughing and i was like super happy and everyone's like what's wrong with you you?" yeah and i was like dude i'm just excited to be here i was like um, it was like this could be the rest of my life yeah i was like i'm like i should be grateful like this is i've always kind of been even before I was conscious about it one of those people that just wants to be like in the moment I was like dude this is exciting I've been working for ages for this I've been getting smashed in the gym I've been shark tanked I've been Mm. put through the ringer and um I made weight everything's sweet and so I'm here I'm like my hair's braided my hands getting wrapped I'm fucking about to go out and punch someone in the face like (laughs) I was stoked and then I, I I not only won I won by TKO in first round I got um like the rising star award so out of the 24 people that were on the card i was the standout and i was like all right this is what i want to do i'm good at this i was like and then i've had ups and downs on the way and i haven't had they haven't all been that fucking debut that i had but it was like an amateur fight in the middle of brisbane um but i know i came like now the more i do it the more i realize this was what i was made to do Mm. in a way i think even from like a 
as of recently, even from like a um, indigenous kind of point, like a heritage kind of I point. I was going to say, like, there's there's got to be some like NZ warrior fucking blood that <laughs> goes through your veins because like yeah. New Zealand chicks are fucking badass for <laughs> yeah. a start. But it's like you guys have like a warrior heritage. And even when I did yeah. the podcast with Mark Hunt, he says the same thing. Like I was fucking born for this. Yeah. Because you got to think, man, like how long ago was New Zealand colonized? Um, honestly, I don't know. I just it's know. It's only like, like a couple how, hundred years, nah. right? And we did well, like in the kind of history of all indigenous people, we fought back and we were winning. Yeah. And it was kind of like the treaty. Um, yeah. The Waitangi treaty yep, yep. that fucked us a little bit. And then a couple more dodgy fuck ups. And then all of a sudden we had our land taken off us. But mm. in the way of like, um, I guess when you compare it to like American Indians or even Aboriginals, um, we didn't get just wiped out and taken over. Yeah. We were just like, fuck you guys. Some, some of the, like, if, when you go way, way back, some of the Maori tribes were cannibals. I mean, those kinds are crazy. Like, <laughs> like, like we were vicious warriors and even our women were warriors as well. Yeah, so it's kind of like, like, everyone fucking picked up some shit and fought. Like, doesn't matter what happened. If, if we had to go take over some other tribe's area, the women that were back home weren't just chilling and feeding the babies. They were like fighting off whoever came into that tribe as well. So it's like, I feel like that, that in itself we have that we're kind of born like that and a lot of polynesians like a like samoa as well and like a lot of those guys exactly the same built fucking tough Mm. and we'll fight we'll go down fighting and that grit is something that you can't teach like i've noticed that being in so many gyms if someone just doesn't have that heart like it doesn't matter if they think that their gas tank's the best in the world if you don't have heart you're not swinging to the fucking end and you're going balls out in the Mm. like 15th minute the other person might win like yeah you probably get out hearted in that fight it's crazy like the just like watching you through social and the way that you are before a fight yeah it's fucking rad to (laughs) see like uh i guess just the process and the fact that things don't phase you and and it's like i really i respect that yeah because i know that i try and like I'm trying to work that shit out for myself yeah. at the moment because I'm new to doing the competition side yeah. of things. And I mean, I've competed my whole fucking life. Like yeah. I sat on a motocross start line yesterday Different and I'm just like cruising. Do- doesn't yeah. phase me at all. Yeah. But this thing's like a new thing and yeah. and I'm trying to get my head around it and, and have that cool, calm, collected kind of approach that you have. Yeah. And it's like you and Craig Jones are like the two people where I'll like, Jesus. what's your shit before <laughs> I like, before I go fight? Because yeah. it's like to get control of your mind in the way that it seems like you do yeah. to do these contests is like a pretty remarkable thing, it's, I think. It's like, it wasn't always like that. Like, I mean, like that, like I say, that first fight was real... I was real chilled out, but um, then there was fights where shit shit went wrong, and I just freaked out. I was like, "Fuck! Like, oh, like this isn't. I, I don't have my little um ritual that I'm doing before my fight, or I haven't. I can't be able to do this, or what if I'm not going to get my hair braided the right way, or yeah. whatever it is." And I used to like hold on to these like things that I let control my mentality, and I think. I think maybe even fighting, I mean, traveling um, itself has given me that thing where whatever the fuck's going to happen is going to happen. And like, doesn't matter like what's happening on that day. You can't control it now. It's out of your control. So there's no point wasting energy on being stressed out about mm. it, freaking out about it. Um, 
like everyone knows that your body reacts terribly to stress like my body especially does and so then that's going to reflect even worse into my fight and I was like so the only thing I can do is know that I've had the best camp possible work my fucking ass off I made weight or whatever it is and like if I do or don't have a corner I do or don't have a corner it's me in there anyway who the fuck cares I'm not going to lose because I because of this excuse that um that person came in 200 grams overweight or um I didn't have a perfect like camp or like I mean I fought I fought in Hong Kong and um come off a scooter like three times in that camp I took it on two two and a half weeks notice I came off the scooter like three times I still got like (laughs) the like tie tattoo that they call them yeah Yeah. yeah. and um like that was all fully fleshed out on the day of the fight and um I was just just healed over so I could fight with it and um and I didn't have a corner um I got in at like 12 a.m and the weigh-in was at 12 p.m there was no sauna um I had to like run around Hong Kong um in a sweatsuit at like two o'clock in the morning just to figure it out I was like oh I don't even know if I'm gonna lose this weight but I'm just gonna have to keep moving until and not sleep until I get there and yeah every pretty much everything that could go wrong went wrong and I won I won second Mm. round TKO because like I'm not gonna lose because of that. I'm gonna lose because I'm not a good fighter. Like yeah. you're a fighter or you're not a fighter. It's like that's the thing. You can't like constantly hold on to these things that everything has to be perfect. And if it's not, then it's yeah. fucked. Yeah. Like um and like even those people who are kind of like nervous travelers. I like I I mean I was sitting next to a girl yesterday on my flight and she was just clinging on to this like yeah. chair and I was like, bro, if you're gonna die on this flight. I don't want to spend my last hour with you next to me freaking out. Like, (laughs) I was like, you shouldn't spend your last hour alive being freaked out. I was Mm. like, how is that going to change? How is you being freaked out going to change anything? And like, I feel like I should have said something, but I was just like, it's kind of that thing that I've now learned. I was like, freaking out does absolutely nothing for me. So I'm not going to just like let everything be and let people walk all all over me at the same time. But I'm not going to like stress out about it. Mm. So uh, all I can be is happy that I, for the opportunity to be able to do what I love every day and like happy to get in there. And the best I do is what whatever's going to happen. Like outcome will be the outcome. Yeah. I think that the, I guess like the way that I started looking at it was, um, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. So like I get it's up. It's not going to start without me too. So yeah, that's, that's kind of good. <laughs> well, I think like, so pretty much like the ideal thing for me would be like pull up in the car park, put my gear on, go to the floor, fight the dude, win yeah. or lose, and then leave. Yeah. Like I don't want to be there for anything else. Yeah, yeah. But the problem is with these fucking comps <laughs> is that you like, you're there for Especially hours. Especially you or me. Like you'll be worse now because now you've met all these guns. Oh, man. <laughs> and you're it's like, so oh, fucking. Hey. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> and you're like, you have to sit there for so long. And then that's what makes me stress. And yeah. I'm like watching people win. I'm watching people lose. And I'm looking at people like, am oh. I going to fight that dude? Am I going to fight that dude? Your teammate, you're like, should I yell, like, go help corner them or not? Like, and you're like, nah, I've got to worry about my own shit. Like, yeah. And then you see your friends lose. Yeah, and then like, you're like, you're like, oh man, last week me. he tapped me. Yeah. And then you're like, <laughs> so it just becomes like this head fuck. And then you spend like hours there. And it's like, if you look at the timeline, like, pull yourself back from it yeah it's like okay so i get there and then at this time i'll fight yeah and then in five minutes i'll either have won or lost yeah so it's like this is the time now in the middle between getting there and stepping on the mat Mm. where like that can go wrong for you yeah but at the end of the day you can stress like fuck and still fight Mm. or you can 
be like super chilled and and be cruisy and in control yeah. and then fight like either way that and you outcome's can still, fight still the shit, same though. yeah like, even if you're chilled out you can still fight shit yeah you can still get in there and be like oh i wasn't really in there yeah so it's like it doesn't really matter but either way i'm just not gonna waste my energy yeah it's that it's that time in between of like wasting energy yeah. of like trying to think about outcomes and things like that it's like yeah if you're gonna do it anyway and that's the same as like a flight yeah are you gonna get on this flight yeah are you get? are you gonna do you have to get to that yeah destination? do you need to get where you're going yeah yes so when you're on that flight you're fucking locked in you've There's, put your life in their hands yeah. whoever the fuck's driving this plane is driving this plane you are just a passenger in the back fucking seat so sit down relax if we land we land if we don't well fuck it's Dover. been swell like yeah, yeah. That, that's it i'm not it's not that i'm not a, afraid of like i wouldn't say i'm not afraid of death but i'm just gonna let it happen like i'm not gonna freak out about it something like i'm one blimp in the world of yeah a million people and i've lived a good life and like my mom will miss me for sure and it'll be shit but oh well but like, the odds of it was my time like, fucking plane yeah crash exactly i mean i've been on so small 26 flights this year alone so yeah like i'm like oh clearly they're not that bad like mm. <laughs> like yeah pretty, none of them pretty have crashed so far so yeah. I've got pretty, like, good faith in them. And, like, yeah, it might be a bit rocky, but it's called the air. We are literally 10,000 feet off the ground. You can kind of expect there to be a little bit of a wind up here. Mm. So turbulence is turbulence. But, you know, when people, like, automatically freak out when turbulence yeah. comes through and you're just like, what did you expect was going to happen? Yeah. That we were just going to float through the air and it was going to be all sweet and dandy. I was like, dude, relax. <laughs> yeah, there's, um, there's definitely, like... Man, I will say though, I've been on some like sketchy flights where I'm like fucking. I've seen some sketch landings too. Dude, I, I've like... been in some sketch landings. <laughs> like, where was there was one like I feel like it was Florida. I was landing in Orlando, yeah. and they get like insane storms there. Yeah, yeah. And I swear to God, the plane was like ninety degrees, ninety degree. <laughs> like it was fucking heavy. But even still, man, they like, still figure it out. Yeah, You're they still like, get right, it sorted. You got this, bro. I'm just gonna leave you to it, and like, I'm just gonna sit here and let you go, <laughs> and then just hope that whatever's happening up the front there is good. <laughs> like, yeah, I feel like planes are the least of our worries. I yeah. feel like cars are more dangerous. Oh, 100 well, percent. Cars and scooters and motorbikes, are, yeah. like. 100% like like I guess everyone flies all the time now and they get freaked out because of the sheer size of it but fuck are you have you ever been on a scooter in Thailand like fuck yeah oh, you're shit. risking shit you're risking like your life I mean going over that Patong Hill uh, there's been like I think in the last like couple of months like five or six videos coming out of just buses just full taking people out it's like yeah, that's you done that's like there's no like Maybe, like, if you crash in a plane and you land on water, you might survive and you might have your little, like, lifeboats and stuff and you could be sweet for, like, another five days and they might come rescue you. Um, if you get hit on a motor- on a motorbike or a um, scooter, you that's you done. Especially in Thailand. Yeah. <laughs> not having the best hospital. There's no, either. like, ifs, buts or maybe's. You are done. Well, um, you are super into travel, right? Like, even yeah. not for fighting. Like, because your boyfriend lives in the UK. He's from Scotland, yeah. Oh, okay. Um which yeah it's like has been a bit of a struggle to be honest but oh yeah we like met in thailand um and then so like since it's funny though like since i moved to thailand it just ended up being like let's go all these places like i i've been to thailand once before i moved there that was the only country other than new zealand that i've been to and i've been there for like two weeks and i was like fuck it i'm gonna move to thailand like i need to um, broaden my horizons in uh, opponents and stuff I need to get that Asian exposure and maybe get some more fights under my belt because there's not enough Australians mm. left for me to fight 
And then um, I got over there and then it was just like, two days later, do you want to fight in Hong Kong? Went to Hong Kong, came back. A couple of days after that, um, my he wasn't my manager at the time, but he messaged me and was like, oh, do you want to come to Singapore um, and meet me and we can talk about managing you? And I was like, oh, fuck it. We're going to Singapore. Went to Singapore, came back with a manager, um, Danny Rubenstein, and he's been like my probably biggest blessing in um, skyrocketing my career to the opportunities that I've gotten so far. And then um, I went back to the Gold Coast to see my mum and then it was just like I was just constantly in and out of that airport, man. Like I was just like bam, bam, bam. And um, I went to Vegas for the Contender Series media and stuff. Um, Oh, did you do the UFC Contender Series? So I was on there. I was the only um, international person on the whole series on the first season that they did. Um, and I went over to do my media and my um, medicals and stuff because they just whip you around, do head scans and stuff like that. And you get to go to the UFCPI and do photo shoots and videos and interviews and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and so I did all that, got that done. I went to a contender series while I was there too. So that was good. Mm. Got Who sh- fought while you were there? Um, no one crazy impressive. Nah. Yeah. It was like, it was more, I was more just like, scoping out the venue yeah it's a small cage like i was scoping because we were at the ultimate oh, so fighter it's not a full-size cage no it's one of those um i don't know if you've ever watched the ultimate fighter and it's got the small cage like yeah okay. that cage is real tiny um yeah i never really thought about it but now you've mentioned it it yeah. is it is it's a, a small bit cage. smaller yeah, yeah. yeah and then it was at the ultimate fighter house like the where they have all the fights is at the mm. same place um, they use the same venue. It's in Las Vegas, but um, they use it as well for the Contender Series. And so, like, all the guys that were in the Ultimate Fighter at the time for that are flyweight uh, females. Um, and then I forget what what weight the guys were. But that season, um, I forget even who the uh, coaches were, but they were all there, like uh, that Rachel Ostovich and um, Roxanne Modafferi and a couple other people were just, like, at the venue as well. So it was, like, all the Ultimate Fighter people. And it's super cozy, like um contender series you only fit like you can't buy tickets to it so it's like um Mm. everyone gets so there's five fights there's 10 people everyone gets i think like five tickets for their family yeah and that's it like so you really only have like 30 40 people in there because i mean i would have wouldn't have bought any family yeah you wouldn't have anyone australia yeah so it's like they you can hear like a pin drop it's so crazy it's kind of like real cozy to fight and when like i'm used to fight yeah, yeah i'm used to fighting in front of like thousands or like at least a few people yelling and some yeah. drunk cunts out in the yeah. tables and stuff like but yeah there was like real cozy and i was just trying to like vibe out what it would be like but yeah i can't really remember who fought I, there was a couple of knockouts there was one like super stiff knockout a dude from syndicate fought and he ended up having a fight in the ufc winning one and then having another fight and he lost it but he got this like stiff as fuck knockout and it was on the panel that i was like sitting on too and i was like it was like everyone went dead silent like sean dana and mickey all went dead silent like everyone was just like that dude's dead like (laughs) like one of those ones and you're just like oh was he getting up soon um but yeah it was such a good experience so did you get to fight no my visa didn't go through oh really um it yeah, was just fuck, like it. <laughs> it was just like a couple of days before i was about to fly out again so i got in on esther to do my media and stuff yeah um which is for those guys i don't know that 30 day you do like yeah, a, a th- online three thing. Month thing yeah yeah and um you just you just kind of have like a little background check and you get in um it's like a mini visa um but if you want like a proper proper visa to earn money then you got to go through the whole ordeal of doing that shit and um it was like a day before I left 
to fly out or something they were like oh your visa didn't go through and i was like oh it got denied and they were like no it's just taking too long and they yeah. just want more info yeah i was like more info about what and they're like just more info about you being an mma fighter and i was like i can't really tell you more i was like that's why i'm doing this contender series to get more experience to become yeah. a ufc fighter like it's, so a fuck like, it's like that doesn't make sense i was like i literally couldn't have fought more if i tried i've tried like to get every promoter in Australia to try to get me on and it just like has been so hard to get opponents. So is it like what weight do you fight at? Um is at you, the moment I'm in one forty five. Yeah. Okay. I'm signed to Bellator at Featherweight. For the contender series that was at Bantam. Um which is one thirty five. Yeah. Yeah. Sixty one kilos and um And so what do you walk around at? Like is it hard for you to get to that Bantam weight? It's real hard. Yeah. It's a struggle. It's kind of like the way I put it is that if I want to get to banter weight, it's a shit five weeks. If I want to get to featherweight, it's a shit two weeks. Like, yeah. Okay. Like I only really have to diet for those last two and I do like, so how much do you have to lose? Water. Um, I walk around at like, uh, like 73 kilos. I sometimes really? I blow up to sometimes like 75 and then I'll yep. just come back down to 73 and then damn. So I fight at 73. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like I, I walk around pretty like heavy, like, yeah. Um, I could you, definitely walk around hard then. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was the thing. Like I just kept that strength. Like, yeah, yeah. I didn't really want to lose that. And it was kind of like, I think it's that thing that anyone goes through if they're deciding what weight division they want. Do you want to go down and lose a bit of strength mm. or do you want to stay heavy and strong and comfortable? And for me, it was uncomfortable and stress-free because I don't want to yeah. fucking be stressing all the time. Food makes me so, like, fucked up in the head. Like, I just, like, I get so hungry, get so fatigued, get so, like, why can't I fucking eat that? Like, I just yeah. want to eat one more thing and I can't. It's yeah, like, I, the first fight I did, I went to 73 and I mean, I'm like 78 right now. Yeah. So that was like super hard. Yeah. But I was like so nervous. I was like, oh, I want to be like the big, tall, lanky dude that yeah, fucks up all these little division, guys. Yeah. And then, um, but it was just so hard. Like the first, the first match I did, I just got fucked. Like I just got destroyed because I had like no energy. I ate like same day weigh-ins are totally different too. Oh, like, it's a joke. It's hard. Yeah. It's so hard I had to get that right. I had like some spinach and a one chicken tender the night before Jeez. and i was just like this is fucked i had no energy and then i don't know by the end like after i weighed in for no ghee like i could eat i like had like a bunch of sugar and like a red yeah. bull and i was just like da, 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 da. let's go and um, <laughs> then i did better in that division but yeah to get to that 73 especially from like what i was started at like yeah. now like so i got two fights two weekends in a row of comps yeah and i'll just do 77 because it's like I'm not going to, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to fuck around with that. But for pan packs, like after these, well, I guess this week I'll be like starting to diet for that pan packs. Yeah. But you're right. Like it fucks with you. It oh, fucks man. with your head too. Cause you're just like, this is shit. And like, man, can you imagine like Darren Till, like how much weight oh he my just God. had to cut? He's massive, man. Like, like what was he? He was like 182 pounds on the Wednesday before the fight. So he had to lose 12 pounds, which is what? Four kilos. Oh yeah, a bit bit more, maybe like six four. Oh five, yeah, because it's two point yeah. two. Yeah, fuck that noise. That's actually not as much as I expected for him. So well, he, he said, must have fixed yeah, things up. Yeah, he like, said he had that. He cut like a bunch before that. Yeah, because like I do about four in the week. Yeah, like but most of that, when you think about it, like most of that is um, it's like difference between diet and fight week diet yeah. fight week diet strips you just of numbers numbers on the scales like yeah so you got the water loading you got the 
I do the chicken and nuts thing as well. And like that strips me down to like, um, I probably start the water cut at like, I think I did it at like 67 for that last one. So I only had like a kilo and a bit to do. Yeah. So I only did two saunas and I was like, sweet. Yeah, because I lose about two kilos every sauna, like in a sauna sesh. See, like that's the thing with me. I don't. Yeah, okay. You sit me next to like you or I remember once I was cutting weight with my friend Shannon. We were both at the started at the same weight. We were both cutting to 61 and um, we both did like he'll do like 20 minute sauna. I'll do 40 minute sauna. He'll lose a kilo and like 200 grams and I'll lose 500 grams. Yeah, right. And I'll be like. Like, well, I spent 20 minutes more than you in there. Yeah, and, and it's not. like a suffer fest too. Like, oh. 40 minutes in a sauna sucks, Duke. You got, like, that's it. I got to the point now that I've done so many weight cuts that yeah. I'm just like, you're sitting in this thing for as long as you can possibly do in the first one. You're going to mm. have, like, this weird little diz sesh where you're not going to be able to see anything for, like, two minutes or something when you get out. Then you're going to just have to pick yourself up, put your best self back in as long as you can possibly do. Because Are you wearing like a suit as well in there? Or you uh, just depends. Depend. If I've got heaps to do, then yeah, for sure. Because um, it will just do that a little bit more. Quicker. But at the moment, I've just been doing sweet sweat, like that that gel stuff. It's like abalone type uh, thing. And um, chuck it on. It just it jams your pores so that you end up sweating more. Yeah, right. And like that in itself is kind of doing more than, more than what a sweatsuit would do. So I'm yeah, just like, sweet. oh. So it does bring like a couple extra 200 grams or something, which you want. Yeah. And so I guess the thing too, like for people listening that it's not like a massive fight audience. Like I talk to people like you just because I'm insanely interested. (laughs) But um, there's for you, there's like nowhere to go. So it's not like you're cutting all this weight because you want all of these advantages. Like there's just no weight divisions for you to go. Like 145 pounds (laughs) is like the heaviest division for a chick. And you walk around a lot heavier than that yeah. so it's like you're kind of forced to do this yeah i'm like <clears throat> i am comfortable at 145 i could walk around lighter if i wanted to be and even maybe after this contract i'll go to bantam mm. um but it's like the first ever for those of you guys who don't know first ever female weight division was ban- um bantam weight which is mm. 135 pounds so that was what Ronda Rousey and, yeah. and all, them so all those guys making names for themselves in that weight division because that'll probably be the most popular division for a female to walk yeah. around at. and then people like chris cyborg she's the 145 lady but with bellator at the moment we have a much stronger featherweight division than the ufc does for yeah. females because i don't know what bellator did but they just fucking started signing all these chicks and then um ufc finally started like they signed cyborg yeah and created this 145 there's division. no one, there's to no one to, for her to fight yes yeah, so she's fighting all these bantamweights she's a scary fucking oh, man. she's an animal she is one unit of yeah. a person but she's apparently the nicest person in the world mm. i have walked past her once on the soy um and a couple of my friends have uh trained with her but yeah she's just like one beast of a human being yeah, it's pretty scary. Like, she'd fuck up most dudes, I reckon. Pretty, oh, she does. Yeah, she does apparently in, in like, Inspiring and shit, and yeah. training and stuff. And, like, I didn't know that females could be built like that. Yeah. But apparently they can be. She's just one of those outliers. They're fucking everywhere. Yeah, like exactly. That, you know, like a seven foot, whatever, six yeah. tall dude. Like She was, like, my main motivation to fight at Bantamweight, too. I was like, oh, 145? I was like, oh, isn't that Chris Cyborg? And I was like, maybe I should just really try hard to get down to that 135 instead. Yeah, Like, fuck I'd that fight noise. her for sure because I'm just one of those people. But at the same time, it's like, that is not going to be an easy day in the office, like, no. ever. And there's, <laughs> like, a real legitimate, like, 
set of hands that she has oh. too. Like that. That's you not. Can't even sacrifice getting hit a little bit. Like, no. I can get hit like a lot. Like in a lot of my fights, people are surprised with unfortunately how okay i am with getting hit in the head which is a positive and a negative of course but you i can't play that game with her she's one of those people that you will just be fucking running from yeah run throw a combo from yeah don't take it to the ground either because she's a black belt yeah so pretty much anything you want to do is kind of nullified yeah yeah with like we sort of spoke a little bit about it before, but I've wanted to talk about the whole like women in sport thing yeah. with a female sports person mm-hmm. because there's just so much fucking bullshit going around <laughs> with it right now. And like, I guess timing wise is pretty good because the WSL, so the World Surf League, just yeah. announced equal pay for women. Mm. And it's like, it's a good thing. Yeah. But I think the conversation around it is not good it's super negative like yeah and it's not even just woman sports it's just woman standards as a whole there's all these things like we need to have equality but at the same time those same people that are asking for equality or are calling themselves feminists are kind of creating a double standard as well like there's factual scientific reasons while a male and a female are different and obviously everyone understands that so when it comes to certain things you're going to have different like not standards but just different outcomes yeah Yeah. that doesn't mean that you're getting treated poorly or something and 100 percent, like there is some things where you do get treated poorly and there's like i mean i still have to run into a little bit of things where like people care more about what I, my, my face looks like rather than what I'm going to do in the ring the next day. But mm. um, at the same time, that kind of just comes with the sport at the moment. It's all evolving and we are all changing our mindsets towards females and males doing certain things. And I mean, the, uh, why are males not super angry about the fact that they can't get away with uh, doing feminine sports, like dancing without getting called fags or like mm. whatever's happening, like why are they not making such an aggressive stand against it? Whereas I feel like everyone's going the wrong way about it, coming at it so aggressively that you're creating this like double standard where everyone's like, oh, here we go again. Here's that chick going on about blah, blah, blah. You're not going to get taken seriously yeah, because you're still complaining. Like take some of the wins, try and make your own stand by uh, leading by example and then make – like the conversation kind of a little bit more approachable yeah and a little bit more positive yeah and i think like with the surfing thing like i've, I've thought a lot about it and oh shout out to remedy shout kombucha, out to me bringing a remedy kombucha and, and then, then i had one there good old jace just had an apple crisp there waiting for me got you fan <laughs> i really uh i really hope that remedy will send us some kombucha oh, i've been um, i would love ask dylan actually he got a bloody case once and i was like how did you get that i've been working mm. in health food for like six years and so like remedy i knew remedy when they first came on the scene and i got them into funnery so i think you're welcome for that guys but yeah so with the with the surf thing right so it's like let's just take away the male female part yeah. of it right so basically this is the conversation that goes down yeah so you got the wsl and they're trying to get money so Mm -hmm. let's say they're talking to samsung so they go all right so we've got these we operate these two different tours sometimes they run at the same events other times ones at this surf break ones at this surf break Mm -hmm. this event 
gets 500,000 views online per event. This tour gets about 110,000. But we want you to pay the same amount of money. And then Samsung's going, well, I'll pay 500 grand for this one and 120 grand for this one. They're like, no, no, no. Well, we have to... We have to pay them the same. Yeah. And then Samsung goes, well... My return. I just don't really want to pay the same for that one because it's not getting as many views. Yeah. And then they go, okay, well, it's also not going to Pipeline. It's also not going to Chopu. It's also not going to all of these places, which are like the super dangerous, heavy surf breaks. Mm. So it's like, we haven't even said if, if it's male or female. Yeah. But in terms of like a free market economy, yeah. the people that are paying will pay they for They want to see their return. It's exactly. A They're going to just pay for the people that get the most views, yeah, right? of course. And to me, it's like you start paying the same or, or saying that like, oh, women don't get paid enough or this and that, but it's like, mm. it's not apples to apples. Yeah. And it's not because you're a woman and that's in, in so clearly of, that's not the issue. It's exactly, not the, it's not the money is not thing. the issue. Yeah. It's how many people it's are your watching audience. It. Yeah. yeah. So maybe you need to work on uh, maybe maybe that has something to do with genders, but then it's the audience that is the mm. real issue. Maybe you need to work on your popularity, and maybe it's your exposure. Maybe you're not getting the exposure that, like, I mean, I know a lot of things with like female women's football, AFL or um, rugby sevens or whatever it is, they don't get televised. Yeah. So obviously that is your issue. That's yeah. your issue. You're not getting on TV. So it's those motherfuckers at the broadcasting that you should be angry at. Not but even then, like, can you be angry at them? Because yeah. then they just give you the numbers and they're like, yeah. hey, so yeah, like I would give you this spot, but then we lose yeah. all of this money. And it's not that we want to. And that's the problem. It's like the conversation is framed wrong. Yeah. It's an economics issue that we have in these sports. And a it's, lot of the time... I don't think it's a man versus woman. The like younger sports too, like so mm. females may have only been playing footy for this many exactly. years, whereas men have been playing it for this many years. I mean, yeah. I know women in MMA have only been around for like the last few years, whereas the sport itself is about 23 years old or something. But I think that MMA, like when I talk to people about this whole like gender thing, yeah, I think that MMA is the absolute best example of there is no bias towards women why because dana white said and he publicly stated there will never be a woman throw leather in the ufc he said it yeah and then what happens the free market free market economy people wanted to watch ronda rousey fuck bitches up yeah and so much so that he couldn't then deny it any longer. And he was like, he, oh, I can make money off this. He had to. It's a business. Exactly. Yeah. He had to capitalize on it because if he didn't, then Bellator would or one of these other organizations yeah. would. People called for women to fight and then women got to fight. Yeah. It wasn't. And it bought the numbers so it stayed around. Yeah, exactly. It and then thing. that's against a guy who said, he just openly said, I don't want women to be punched in the face. And that wasn't like a, I don't want to see women succeed. That yeah. was more of an angle of like, I don't want women to and get hurt. And at the same time, his, uh, not saying that he wasn't a little bit sexist at the time, but his also, his reasoning was because he thought there wouldn't be the popularity in females yeah. in MMA as, as much as there is with 
like male so you can't build divisions off like such a small pool of people yeah like maybe like five ten people fucking interested in fighting he's like i can't make a division off that i can't make money off that mm-hmm. it's not as strong so i'm not gonna see them in here that was like his other thing as well so you can't expect that kind of thing to happen overnight but i mean it goes conor mcgregor and ronda rousey and the two highest earners yeah, in it's the like, UFC. yeah it's like lesnar ronda and yeah and and conor yeah and Samantha some of the best fucking fights I've seen in like the last few years are two chicks getting locked in a cage and yeah. throwing down. Because and then everyone realized there's all these ladies in like world kickboxing, world boxing, judo, all these things that are like all been sitting in their own sports for years and years and years. With no Absolutely outlet. nailing it and maybe making it to the Olympics or some, some like kickboxing shows and stuff like that or maybe doing some WO championship. And then they're like, oh, Finally, the doors opened up for the UFC, so they come over to the MMA scene and mm. they fucking kill it because they bring these like high, high, high level skills. Like, mm-hmm. you want a J chick who's had like 110 fights or something crazy. She was just sitting there, like, and then all of a sudden she had the open door to MMA and she's been one of the like greatest pound for pound strikers altogether, not as yeah, a female yeah, exactly. individually. Uh, I mean, Joe said it like I think four times or something. He thinks she's like one of the and she is. She's amazing. And then you get a chick like Rose that yeah. comes along and lives in that shadow. Has everything. Yeah. Honed in. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the other thing too is that it's it's really hard to find sports where you don't have to modify the rules or yeah. the arena for women. Yeah. So like with state of origin the women got to do state of origin for the first time this year Mm -hmm. huge fucking fan of that and the game was amazing they played it for 60 minutes because at that they kind of made the call that like these aren't professional women they've all got jobs yeah they well they're professional but live off it they're not the broncos yeah so the fitness isn't going to be there if they play the last 20 minutes and it's going to get sloppy the product won't look as good Yeah. yeah they're not playing at suncorp but it's not because the people at Suncorp are sexist and dogs. Like, oh, we don't like you guys. Yeah, yeah, it's the fact that they go, well, we just won't sell tickets. Yeah. And it would probably cost more to have those women play at Suncorp Stadium and to open, have the lights on, than that they would generate. It's yeah. just fucking economics. And when the when the uh, the conversation is about equality, yeah. it's like, you, it's not the same. We're not comparing apples nah. to apples. The men can go in and the men can make money on that. The yeah. women would go to Suncorp People Stadium and it would cost money. following that. So, of course, they're going to watch them yeah. and do it. Like, that's just what's happening. But I think that MMA is such a great place to, like, point the conversation. Yeah. And go, like, look. Look this, at this. This, yeah. is, this works. Why? It works because they fight under the exact same rule sets. Yeah. They fight... A championship is yeah. five five-minute rounds. A normal fight is three five-minute rounds. Yeah. Exactly the same as the dudes. All the fucking rules are the same. The mm-hmm. cage is the same. Everything Undercard, is the same. main card, doesn't matter. They're on like big fucking highlight, sh- like massive, massive shows and they're on little fight nights on the weekends and stuff. Yeah. Doesn't matter. They're all there. And just put in just as a normal male fight, not necessarily placed at a certain place, but based on their like their own kind of records and whatever their um, kind of based experiences. On their merit, yeah. yeah. So they're going to put in exactly the same as the guys. Mm. It's not like, oh, we'll put all the chick fights on the bottom or put them at the end so and that people watch. And the reason why is or, because people want to watch them. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it's like... I mean, the amount of 
like female fights that I've seen get so much like attention at the moment. It's crazy. Like they get just the amount. Everyone get goes crazy for Thug Rose versus Joanna too. Just as much they have about this Darren Till versus T Woodley. Yeah. Like and why? Because the product is just it's as exactly good. the same. Yeah. yeah. So it's like so exciting. But at the same time, I mean, I just after doing boxing on the weekend. They're still in uh, two-minute rounds for females for pros, whereas the yeah, males do threes. Yeah. I'm like, so if I'm a female, I'm going to be not as strong, which I get, but that doesn't mean that my cardio is going to be any less than a dude. So why would I need a shorter round? Yeah. They only just changed the amateurs to threes, I think, and I think they're looking at changing it, but I'm like, dude, that sport in itself is so much older than MMA. Like, yeah. why is that not getting like understanding oh we've got this mma scene that's exactly the same everything's working perfectly fine but then we've got boxing we've just pulled it back a notch yeah it's like it doesn't make any difference and i think too like if you want to go the equality route yeah ronda rousey has made a fuck ton of money solely off being a woman yeah so it's like being the first being like Using her face, getting a stylist, exactly. getting Sports an image. Sports Illustrated, yep. swimsuit edition. Fucking um, body image and all these things. Like, yep. And when you look at things now, people are only just realizing now, but like, I, and I get a lot of like male fighters that get a bit jealous that if you put me next to him and there was a brand that, or a company that came into our gym, and they were like, oh, I want someone to endorse this brand. They're going to look at me because... I have a more inviting face. I've got a better image. I look after myself a little bit more and I can speak a little bit better because I'm a female and people are attracted to that. Well, there's and the, the, it's a male sport. So, of course, they're going to give it to me. Like, and you're an outlier. Yeah. You're a hot chick that does MMA. Yeah. You're an outlier. There's I'm not challenging something. Yeah. There's yeah. not like you can look at a, a dude and you'll be like, oh, yeah, cauliflower ears, bunch of cuts on his face. Yeah. yeah he's just a fighter. Oh, I mean, the guys like him, but. It's just because he's fought a few dudes. Like, yeah, but that's not helping a business standard. Exactly, but you get that could be that's not going to turn heads. That's not. Yeah, if someone's like you put you in Reebok and the guy at Reebok's going to pay you thirty thousand dollars and expects more than that in sales to come back to Reebok, who's the person that will turn heads more? This hot Kiwi chick that knocks bitches out, or this dude that just looks like every other dude that fights yeah like it's the, it, it goes both ways yeah. yeah so there is double sentence and there's pros to it man like as much as i there there has been times where i get more sexualized than i do taken seriously and i get um like patronized a lot and like i walk into a gym they expect me to be shit straight off the bat and i'm like oh just give me a sec like let me move around and then like oh she knows what she's doing yeah and like 100 percent, you're gonna get shit like that but that's life man like that yeah. I'd get that maybe if I was a small dude, like a really small dude, or I'm walking into a dude full of heavyweight, a gym full of heavyweights. So like, it's kind of like that's just kind of like a normal in a but way. It, yeah, but and it's it's normal to each. It's relative. Like I yeah. walk into a gym, like I travel all the time. I got a fucking white belt on. Yeah. And people are like, nah, I don't really care yeah. to roll with this white belt, dude. Yeah. And it's like, oh no, I'm I'm good for yeah. a white belt. No, I try on, and train. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll roll with you. Yeah. You can go as hard as you want. Like, yeah. But Stuff like it, that. there is like people, th- people have bias yeah, and it's biased to whether it's a man, it's biased to whether it's a woman. It's just different bias. We're all yeah. dealing with some form of prejudice, some form of bias, sure. some form of taking a book by its cover. And I just think that, you know, it's so counterproductive mm. to point to one thing and blanket statement. Yeah. It's because I'm a woman. I mean, over the weekend I was with my coach Cole and he's uh, like, 
big Kiwi guy. He's a little bit shorter than me, but he's quite built. He's and, a nugget. And he's got tamako tattoos and he's browner than I am. And we're in the boxing scene. We're MMA people in the boxing scene. So you've got that aspect. Yeah. So you've got, oh, my friend's an MMA fighter. I think they fought on this, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know who they are, man. Like, do I look like I know every single person that does MMA in Australia? Yeah. I know a lot of them, but fuck, like, this is just like that thing. And then you get the, when are you going back to New Zealand? And we're like, we're Australian. And then, oh, um, I've got those Polynesians that work for me. And you've got that, like, subtle racism thing going on. Yeah. And then you've got the sexism thing going on. Like, oh, you should do modeling instead of boxing. And, oh, this is going to bring a lot of numbers because we've got the most attractive boxes on Brian's card. Lucky for him. How good is it? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, that's three different types of prejudice in, like, one weekend. Like, yeah. Of course that's going to happen. Like, I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, you're a cunt, you're a cunt, you're a cunt. Like, I wouldn't have any conversations with anyone if I was going to do that. But, like, I just, you just sit there and nod and then we laugh about it when they leave and you just carry on. But, like, that's life, guys. I mean, fuck. Like, rich, poor, anything, anything is going to be some sort of prejudice and Mm. someone's going to be biased about something. So, like, why come at it with such an aggressive attitude that it's not going to get changed and expect that you get a better standard than these other people mm. instead of coming and meeting them at the same level by working on the negatives in your sport? Like, it's younger, it's not getting the numbers, and it's not economic, so you're not getting, like, the value of it looked at. Yeah. So what did you expect? Work on that first instead of just getting angry and, like, that Serena Williams thing with her getting angry at the umpire and her first defense was... It's because I'm a woman. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, you kind of just made it into you being a woman now. And it's like, fuck, how much money have <laughs> you made because you're you a You are the greatest woman. fucking yeah. tennis player of all time. Like, you are, and you're just from Compton. And, like, this is yeah. amazing. You've done all these great things. You're a, a crazy billionaire with, like, an empire who's married to the dude that, is, what is it, Snapchat or LinkedIn or I something? Know who she's, Her I husband's, know like, a yeah, that's super owner of one of the social media things. Yeah. And and now you've got a daughter and you're living the best motherfucking life. The thing is, is, like, she's black, yeah. she's a woman, and she's a fucking animal at tennis. Yeah. Like, you're going to make money. Like, the thing is, I'm not mad at her no. for making money at that 100%. stuff. Get it, girl. Yeah. Do it. Like but as soon as someone gets angry at you, don't turn around and be like, oh, it's because I'm a woman and I've got a daughter, so I'm never yeah. cheat. It's like, that doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. He was just saying, don't don't get coached by your coach. Mm. It's kind of taken away 100% of the actual issue. Just address the issue for what yeah. it is and then you get treated for what you are. Yeah. Instead of making it into this massive and don't, thing. And it's like, I guess too, it's like, don't make money off the things that you're then playing a victim for. Yeah. It's like you can't have it both ways. Like you like you said, like you've got to take the good with the bad. The yeah. good is you get more attention because you're an attractive female yeah. that a lot of people think should be modeling and not mm. fighting. And it's like use that. That's yeah. fucking part of and your I'm changing package. people's uh, the good thing about me is that I'm changing people's opinions. Like yeah. I'm be like I turn around and they're like, Oh you should do modeling instead. I'm like, why don't I just do both? Yeah. And they're like, Oh and I'm like that's your. That's that thing in your mind when you just realize that people don't have to be specific aesthetics to do something in yep. life, and that you've just realized that I can still get punched in the face and I can do like maybe model for Nike on the weekend. Yeah. Like, like they're like, oh, and you just that's just closed mindedness. And then I mean, for her, it's kind of like she's amazing, 
blah 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 and maybe a couple other people have thrown rackets and made like sworn and blah 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 but you can't start comparing yourself to them because this is a different empire this is a different match in a different time at it like in a different location so you can't just start comparing yourself to everyone all the time you have to let every individual issue be absolutely judged by that issue and then what it is so that's how we get the standards to be equal otherwise if we just constantly make this oh i'm a woman so you have to like treat me just the same as you treated all mate this time then it's like why are you even bringing that up it doesn't even matter yeah and it's just like it it is like the the issue of the double standard to where it's like Mm. you know like the the hot surf chick yeah I mean, they wear bikinis. You're making money off (laughs) these. Like, your your Instagram is is selfies in bikinis. Yeah, I don't. And it's like, don't cry that. Don't cry that. Like, you're getting objectified. Like, I mean, while you're on the front cover of like a billboard, or just um, posting like shit Mm. in bikinis all day long. Yeah, it's just like your social media is covered. Yeah, Yeah, just tits and ass. It's like, don't objectify me, tits and ass. That's the worst thing with MMA too. Like all these girls complaining about having not all of them but a lot of them complaining about having these double standards and then they sell their soul on social media yeah i don't sell my soul on social media i have an okay face so i can use that anyway it doesn't really matter but i'm not putting bikini pics up i'm not chilling in my sports bra i'm not doing them like certain things like i'm not opening up my gi so that everyone can see how sweaty i am because i that's what i've just decided to choose to do because i know that there is a whole lot of younger girls and generations that are watching me even when i was fighting amateur fights in fucking gold coast and are still watching me now that shouldn't look at it and be like oh so i have to comply to the fact that i'm going to sell my soul on social media so that i do make money and that's the only way that i can make money it's like no you can still just be a normal everyday person with standards and a little bit of respect for your body and still make money and still be attractive or like use that attraction to your benefit you don't have to then take that like pro side of it and run with it and just turn it into something sexualized like yeah i think it's just a, a little bit i mean each to their own and some people actually like that i mean a lot of yeah, americans that's the thing. like i was gonna say like I'm, a little bit looser and just like whatever that's cool and i'm, I'm not i'm like, fine with people if you want to get your tits out on the gram yeah. and if you want to show whatever the fuck you do it like yeah, that's, that's fine. you yeah but the, if it is you but the yeah. problem is is if you then turn around and then say, oh, I'm just being objectified. Yeah. I'm just doing this. And I'm all di- my photos being sexualized. It's like, well, what did you expect? You're not wearing any yeah. clothes. Yeah. So, like, you can't have that double standards, man. Like, you can't, yeah, bring your feminine aspect to it and then not understand why it gets taken for granted. Like, yeah. And I think, like, we've got a, like... I don't know. We've got a problem in society in a lot of ways, too. And this is speaking from a guy, like, that there's a level of guilt that gets put on men. Yeah. Oh, for every sure. Every single day, yeah. whether you're doing the wrong thing or not. <laughs> yeah. And there's like, there is fucking sex everywhere. There's all these billboards. Every fucking chick it's on the gram, like, now. it's right. so sexualized. Yeah. But then it's like, I'll put it out there. But you're a fucking creep if you look yeah, at it. Yeah, but don't like it and exactly. don't follow them and don't exactly. have like a whole news feed full of it because it's being given to you on a fucking platter. You can't avoid it. No, and I, not like, at all. I went through a stage like it was a while ago and I just I called every fucking Insta chick that 
had like tits and ass out yeah and i was like this thirst trap fucking nonsense is like (laughs) there's no but yeah it's like why am i looking at this shit and it's like because for free man like you all you have to do but it looks good to me like there's it's fucking biology that shit looks good to me that's what you're made to like yeah 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 and it's like but then you get this like society tells you you can't look at it so then it's like i mean i think that there's this weird thing that that happens and it's something i've kind of thought about recently to where it's like when you know like social media is fucked up everything every guy cheats every guy's texting other bitches every guy's and it's like causing more issues blah 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 but you know what i really i honestly think it is is there's now this level of guilt with men to where we're going you know what we're getting fucking shamed and judged anyway yeah i am gonna cheat fuck it i already feel guilty i feel guilty for not doing anything wrong yeah so, so it's like why not? i'll just fucking do something I'm wrong get exactly i'm already getting yeah i'm already getting retribution by by society by women yeah and i'm already copping it fuck it i might as well get some of the benefits yeah. from all of this shame all of this judgment like and it's just because we like as females we don't have like I mean, there's like those shirtless dudes and models and what on Instagram, it's but it's not the same. Hey, eh? yeah. like you don't, I don't have like someone I don't know putting half their dick out on like or like really lowering those that like towel or I don't know some something super sexual. And but then like I feel like with dudes strange. you just look like a fuckhead. Yeah, you, know <laughs> you look I mean? a little bit feminine. And you're a little bit fucking arrogant about. Yeah, you just look like so a fucking like, knob. Oh, that's actually less attractive. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it ends up being like. I wouldn't follow it even if it was there, but the fact that it's not as well, and since that is the stigma that it's not good, like when you you don't have that double standard because you just don't have a standard. Like you like maybe chicks will like dudes' photos, but they probably have like a nice shirt on, nice pair of jeans. They're mm. sitting in some streetwear and it's like a model shot or something. Like that would be the ultimate kind of like, oh, why did you like that dude's photo? Yeah, but that's the equivalent. Like you yeah. can't compare the two anymore. And the thing is, like different shit triggers different people. Like well, the sexes we're triggered differently. Yeah, and there's a lot of biology to where it's like. And I mean, you can go fucking so deep into this from like an yeah. ev- evolutionary biology perspective, mm-hmm. but it's like the the idea of like, we're just chimps basically. Yeah. Like we're just a little bit better than what they are. Yeah. And it's like that all it is for a man is just like fuck as many chicks as you can yeah. and get as many chimp chicks pregnant. Yeah. And I'm talking in the animal kingdom world. <laughs> yeah. But it's like the responsibility for that man, like you can bail. Totally different. There's yeah. no life depending on you staying. No. So what's attractive to women? Like what I look at your skin and I think, are you gonna make me the best offspring possible? Mm. I look at your skin and think are you healthy? Like, are you uh, going to be a good donation to my body yeah. that's going to create the best offspring possible so I can have a strong... while I'm pregnant and I yeah. can't do shit? Are you yeah. going to take care of our kid? That's Is literally, our kid going to be I'm safe? not looking at your... Like, I'm probably looking at your body to see if you're holding yourself well and you're strong mm. and all that kind of stuff and, like, if you're going to be able to carry our kid, but not... But there's, like, there's a lot more a different layers way. going yeah, on. Yeah, it's a totally different thing. Yeah. yeah. Like the first thing we look at is each other's skin. And then when people say like, um, when people have like bad skin and stuff like that, and it's just like, well, ultimately we're so primal that we just look at each other and base each other's first like 
initial impression yeah. of of like are you healthy and like i can tell because the biggest organ in your body is on the outside of your body and i'm d- judging it mm. so if you have a tan and like no i'm not talking like the fucking ibjj or ibf whatever body comp thing tan yeah, yeah, i'm talking yeah, yeah. like a real natural you've seen vitamin d yeah tan and then i'm choosing yeah that's a healthy or like donor mm. for me i'm mm. like yep cool that's how like our brains work. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter all these chicks that are like, oh, I don't care. It's like, oh, you do. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry to break it to you, bro, but biologically you do care about like if you sleep with too many people, it's going to hurt you on the inside like, mm. or you're broken or whatever's happening. It's like there just is this double standard. Mm. We don't love the same. We don't like, yeah, care the same. It's just a different thing. Yeah. So you can't expect a like a the same equal, equal standard like yeah exactly and it's like as as much as it's like um oh women get exploited and sexualized it's like we're getting exploited like the term <laughs> sex sells is desi- is men yeah men will look at a billboard on the road for forex gold <laughs> because there's like three <laughs> fucking bitches on there and with they've bikini. just spent like and they're a couple just doing- hundred bucks on it and like damn it yeah, exactly. They're <laughs> yeah. Doing, like it's sexual. Like so, when they're uh, you know, women's like we get taken advantage of, and it's yeah. like, well, men get taken advantage of as well. Yeah, and I just don't think that there's people thinking about it. The fact and that I, you're using men's naivety to your exactly, <laughs> it's like we're being exploited, yeah. and it's like we shouldn't. It's like you could say like a counter argument of like, oh well, just don't look at it. But it's like, man, shut the fuck up. Like don't put like a three meter large um, billboard in front of me and tell me to not look at it. And it's like there's testosterone at play. Like I'm not I'm not making a conscious decision to not be turned on by something. I'm, like yeah. I'm not making a conscious decision to be like oh there's a set of tits. Yeah. I might let that turn me <laughs> on. I mean you know what I'll think about this. Should I have I got time to be turned on by this bitch? Yeah. Mm. Nah, Maybe. keep driving. Actually, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. yeah. It's like you don't get a choice. If <laughs> yeah. something it, that clicks a fucking biological checkbox done. that's in men yeah, that's and it. it's because of testosterone. Yeah. So it's like, it's just, just frustrates me. And, and I think that. But I think even now, like, um, especially in the UFC, like, I don't know if you've noticed, but we're starting to sign a lot more attractive dudes in the UFC. Like, and, uh, Dude, Sage Northcutt. Mm-hmm. He, like, that boy is just getting like 100% sexualized. And now it's like this double exactly. standard. Like we're like, oh. And he's not that good. He's not really. that good like he's lost And he's not that good, yeah. As well. Just as a fighter. And like now he's, he's lost a lot looking of at moving away as well. And really? Yeah. What's but, he going to do? Oh, Bellator. Who's going to uh. maybe look at different... Well, he just mentioned that like uh, his friends like Laurie, uh, Rory McDonald and Leota McCheetah have been earning two, three times the amount in Bellator and he's a free agent at the moment, so... Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, like, a lot of people are moving over, which is exciting. I like how there's a competition. I'm yeah. not saying one's better than the other, but I like how there's a competition. Man, I've been watching more and more Bellator. And a lot of people have been because mm. we've got more of these like crazy Grand Prix and um, yep. Chael Sonnen and like yep. Rory McDonald Musasi, like all of these fucking massive names that you're like, oh shit, I want to watch that. And you know what? One FC's doing some fucking <laughs> yeah, shit Yeah, man. Henzo Grayson was in it the other I day. I know, that's fucking he crazy. He followed me on Instagram the other day too. So oh, really? I was pretty stoked about that. That's <laughs> insane. <laughs> I don't fanboy a lot of people, but I was just like. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't claim our sexuality. <laughs> That's rude. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I was like, oh, Henzo Gracie replied because I, I actually just 
tagged. I, have you seen the kickboxer, like the new ones? That, I saw you post yeah. that and you were like, it wasn't very good, but no, it's like a crazy one. This lineup. is yeah. the amount of fucking people that I yeah. was like, I was just watching. I was like, how many UFC fighters are in this fucking like movie? And then Rico Verhoeven was in it as well, the Glory um, heavyweight champion. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, and then, yeah, and then Hanzo Gracie. I'm like, all these random people are in it. And I was like, oh, what the hell? So I tagged them all. And then he actually replied to me and That's like, fucking followed sick. me. And I was like, oh. Cool. How old is he now? Oh. Hey, I got to piss actually. Hold that. Go thought. for it. I never actually have to piss, dude. <laughs> I always wonder, like, um, I think that's one of like Joe Rogan's big. I was listening to the. You want to talk about a double standard? I just got to go piss on the fence. Oh, winning! Yeah, that's yep. like we went to a um, a music festival a few weeks ago um in scotland and yeah that's one of those things where i just envy all of y'all yeah i have to fucking figure out where the portaloos are go in there ain't like just not as fun of an experience no nah, it's nasty and then everyone's like oh we're just gonna pee over here and i'm like okay yeah we just uh <laughs> we just went away on the weekend and to that race and it was oh, like yeah. fucking woodstock man <laughs> like seriously there was so no sick. service it pissed down rain people were fucked up i was fucked up i didn't even ride on saturday because Mm -hmm. i spent all day sleeping in my van (laughs) that's so good but yeah it's just like i'm just pissing everywhere wherever i want then my girlfriend's like having to run around trying to she actually sold it up pretty pretty hard but yeah she's like running around doing the same deal struggling you're just like like, this is fucked (laughs) and then if you leave everyone you're gonna get lost to events like that you're just like leave but i really need to pee <laughs> like that's so shit <laughs> yeah it's uh so yeah talk about a double standard yeah but i just realized how much i've actually drunk i've had like a kombucha so i've had I? two coffees it's <laughs> a lot mm. i did i brought water in the car too actually because it's a bit of a drive but it's all good mm. um so when is your next bellator fight how far off are we uh Five weeks kind of from like Oh, so the that's weekend. why you're going to Sydney to do the camp. Yeah. Yeah. So straight out of the boxing camp into the MMA camp and uh, October 12th, we're up. It's on a Friday. It will be a Saturday in Australia, but it's on a Friday, mm. which is a little bit different for Bellator. M- MMA fights are generally on Saturdays. So Yeah. Um, Whereabouts yeah. is it? Connecticut. Um, okay. Ucansville? I yeah, don't really right. know. Yeah. Um, I know it's near. It's like above New York yeah, and Long Island. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like super boring. <laughs> I'm about to fucking spend thirty hours on a plane to get over there. Yeah, just go to New York after. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna. Have do. you? Have you? Um, like how into jujitsu are you? Like pretty into it, but um, it is like out of all the things that I do, I'm not the best. That's at like your. Well, yeah. Are you like a white belt, blue belt? Uh, blue. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I've been a blue belt for like two years or something. Yeah. Okay. Probably It'd gonna be- stay a blue belt for the rest of my life because yeah. um, I just don't put the. It's not that I don't like putting the gi on it's just that i it's just have been traveling as yeah. well like and bringing mm. it everywhere has been real shit like when you got to bring shin plaids 16s 10s 4s and then like a mouth guard headgear blah 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 and then you've got a gear and a belt and you're just like oh that's gonna stay yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard too like because even i said to mark hunt because he's a purple belt yeah and he's like dude i've been doing jiu-jitsu like fucking 15 years yeah. it's just a purple belt yeah. but it's like it's less of a necessity for you in in your career like yeah. basically you just don't want to be i want to do mma jiu-jitsu like yeah. uh, like if i'm going to do something and someone's like oh you can do techniques for mma or you can do even no gi jiu-jitsu i'll probably be like oh do techniques for mma because mm. man like even some no gi stuff's not going to translate like, yeah for sure um but as i love doing jiu-jitsu i do love it and i think like it'll be one of those things when i do retire i'll will 
just mm. carry on my jiu-jitsu journey end up getting my black belt one day yeah so like that'll be cool you can compete for fucking ever oh yeah and like i love going to comps like i, I like competing it's just um a lot of the time the comps have been like near my fights and stuff and i've yeah. been like oh that's a little bit too close or whatever but i've done lockdowns i've done grappling industries and like i, I think grappling industries excellent for an mma fighter too yeah and then i mean i think one of them before i left was like they're offering free registration for MMA fighters as well. Oh, that's cool. And I thought that was amazing because, like, fuck, we can't afford to do comps, man. Like, once you do, like, no gi opens and gi opens and your division, yeah, it's, expensive. it's expensive, man. Mm. Like, it's like 130 bucks at least on, on a comp and you're just like, oh, I don't get any money out of it. I don't get paid to do it. So mm. I'm just putting money in. Whereas if I put money in for maybe a registration for MMA Australasia for my MMA fights. I'm going to get paid afterwards. So mm. kind of evens out. But with comps, it's a bit harder. But I mean, once I'm earning a little bit more and I'm on a c- continuous kind of um, fight streak, then I can, yeah, I can definitely do more comps. I'd love to. So do you think that Bellator is going to be the place where you're going to actually start to kind of make some money and be able to like live comfortably off fighting? Yeah, well... It's kind of like I've got four fights left on this contract. After this next fight, um, when it, it, not if I win, but even if I don't win, it'll set me up comfortably for at least a few months. Whereas that last fight, um, I hadn't fought in a year. I'd previously fought MMA in Hong Kong and it was I only earned like, I think I was meant to earn like two and a half grand and they gave me like $1,500 because it was like dodgy as shit. And, mm. and, then I hadn't, and then I didn't fight for a year. $1,500 didn't go very far for a year and I was living overseas. I wasn't working um, and so I've picked things up here and there and I've earned a little bit of money here and there and then I've also I had my partner at the time just really pick up the financial stress which I was blessed to have otherwise I wouldn't. I got my tax back. I sold my car. Like certain things have just got me skimming by mm. and I've got a little bit – I had a little bit of debt and so I fought that fight in May and I broke even. Like I came out of it with zero dollars. Mm. I paid for the accommodation that we got in Thailand um, because we had to leave the country because his visa had expired um, for Australia. So we kind of had to leave the country and Thailand was a cheaper place to live. Yeah. And I bought the accommodation. That was the only thing I contributed to the whole trip. And yeah, and then that was me. No money again. And um, it's hard. Like, of course it's hard, but... It's still like if I can if I can still get by with not working, I'm still not going to do it because I find so much more reward in not working, having a clear mind and then being able to train more and recover more and exercise more and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So after this next fight, I'll finally be in the green and I'll be like a lot better off and I'll be able to set myself up and I can hopefully stop moving around if this is where I want to be um, this next camp in Sydney. If I'm 100% on it, I'll move to Sydney. Um, as much as I don't like Sydney itself, the yeah. camp, it's all about where I'm going to train. So you don't think you could get the same... It'd be more just like the training partners, right? If you stayed down at Coles at Heartbreak or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's the only thing. Like females, like getting f- one females on the Gold Coast in a general sense would be very hard. Cole, I love. Like I love his training. He's such a good fucking oh, man. dude too. Like especially this, this boxing camp we've just done, we've gotten so much closer to. I've known him for... Like I started sparring there probably like five years ago when I was like, I just walked into the gym and I was just like, oh, you guys do sparring or whatever. And I can't remember how it even happened, but I've been going there for a long time to spar. And then 
before I left, I was teaching classes there. I set up mm. like a good little team of doing uh, like a woman's Muay Thai type um, striking class and um, they're still there and they all like love me and I randomly take the class now here and there. That's sick. And, um, and then, yeah, and then like I trained when I was back in January, February. I trained with him again and I love all the guys there, but yeah, it's just like the training partners for you yeah, the spar is going to be the your I hardest need more, thing yeah and i need people who are active active mma providers mm. and have you thought about like reaching out to like um that rowdy back chick and because there i guess there's a few around here but yeah sometimes like she i think she just came back from america from that bare bare knuckle. Knuckle deal. yeah um and i don't know like i i have been set up to spar her before when she was training with ricky at empire and it just didn't end up going through. Oh, did she used to train at Empire? Um, yeah, randomly for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, okay. Because you know Nick from yeah. Author, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, love him. Yeah. yeah one of my great, great friends. Yeah, yeah. He's so cool. Um, yeah, like, so, like, all those crew and stuff, like, I'm all friends with them. I've known Ricky since I very first started MMA when I was 15. Mm. He was at Puma. there with Puma, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, he's, like one of my favorite people in the world and it's just like with coming back i came i literally came back to australia unexpected and i have no money no mm. car no nothing i'm sleeping in my mom's lounge room and i um was like oh how the fuck am i gonna do this boxing camp mm. and so i well i do classes take classes for cole and he gives me free training in return mm. he like really just picked up the game and just was holding pads for me heaps of stuff and really putting a lot of his own time into me yeah which made a massive difference and then and he came down and cornered too right yeah yeah which was a bit of a shit bite but we got it yeah and i, yeah. I saw your story <laughs> oh my god fuck tiger <laughs> fuck tiger air guys don't not fly with them <laughs> oh my god like i don't even know why the promoter booked it with tiger to be honest like cheap uh, even Cole's return, I didn't mention this on my story, but his return flight got delayed as well. And so he just ended yeah, up booking another one. He was just like, fuck Virgin it. and Qantas, don't fuck with 100%. Yeah. I'm, and like being, having done so much travel recently, when you do international flights, you don't really have cheap flights when you do international flights. Mm. Like you kind of, if you book it, you kind of only really get like Etihad or Emirates or something or Qatar and like all these real nice airlines. Mm. And then you go from that to like Scoot and Tiger Air and you're just like, oh. I've really gone down a notch, but yeah. it's all good. Like I got there fine and everything, but he like, even the fact that he, cause he's the main owner and runner of that gym. Like he's kind of like a yeah, one man man like, in yeah, a way. He runs that shit. Yeah. He's there all day doing PTs. Then he's got his classes and he takes like not just the fitness classes, but the martial arts classes as well. And then he's mm-hmm. got, he does have a jujitsu coach and a um, Muay Thai coach and, um, a couple of the guys help out take some of the fitness classes but if you can imagine a cl- a, like a gym that opens at 6am finishes at like 8 yeah like he gets and zero he's time a off. fucking good dad yeah he's always taking his kid and man is amazing he's a beast dude he's gonna be a killer <laughs> he's gonna be a G, man yeah he, <laughs> so um, so cole does when he does gee stuff he'll train at fabio's yeah. with me and man i've like never wanted to quit jujitsu yeah. since i started but the first time i roll with cole <laughs> I, I i like that was as close as i've ever That's got so i did my that was my first week of it comes in with a white belt like it like oh, is it blue belt now no, he's it? a blue belt yeah yeah, yeah. But, like, but he had he was a white belt for so up until like last year i think really it was only like yeah because he's cause so it, good at wrestling he's never really though. had anyone to grade him i think was yeah thing, yeah yeah but he um so i it was my first week of training like a lot yeah so i think i trained i think it was my first week of training every day yeah and then so i did friday night open mats stayed at my brother's on the goldie and then did the 10 a.m 
Saturday open mats nogi. Yeah. And Cole was there and I didn't know who he was and he never met me. Yeah, and I was like, hey dude, how you going? And I was like, my body, I was like exhausted <laughs> because I was just like, I'm just going to do every class. Yeah. And my body was fucked. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he threw me around like I was a fucking rag doll. And, and like, he's strong too. Oh. Like obviously like fitness strong, but wrestling strong as well. Like, yeah. It, like he's built quite well because obviously he does live and work at a gym. But and like, he's a fucking Mary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the genetics are there. Yeah. But like he like wrestling is strong. Like you just push well, against heavy. like a brick yeah, wall. So like you just like it's not moving. Like. <laughs> yeah. But that that was like that was probably the worst beating I've ever oh. got in jujitsu. <laughs> and I had and there was only three of us training that morning, so it was like. You just rotated, yeah, and I like, and I had to fight around. him three fucking times, <laughs> and I was just like, and every time he's like, "Stand up, dude, stand up, stand up," and I was like, "Fuck that, I'm gonna stand here and I'm play some shit <laughs> on shit bullshit, oh, bullshit, yeah. and like just try <laughs> to fucking survive." But mm. no, nah, it was just like massive throw. Then it was in side control. Then yeah. however the fuck he wanted to choke me, shit. and I was exhausted. And uh-huh. I remember like I remember looking across at Fabio and just getting like help. I was I just got <laughs> got no. I just got dead eyes back. Like, this is what it is, bro. And I was he's like, such a, like, person. Like, he's so nice. Like, every time I see, even if I see Fabio in, like, um, Sydney or something, he'll give me a big hug and a kiss. But then when he's, like, training or competing, he's just, like, yeah. blank person. You're just like, okay, I'll be over here. <laughs> like, it's he, so um, crazy. But, yeah, so Cole, Cole was one of... The funny thing about Cole is that he's like, he used to compete like uh, back in the day. And I was there when he fought on Glory, like back when Australia. Like MMA. Yeah, yeah. Gold Coast had like a show called Glory. Yeah. Um, And he fought and got armbarred. And he had come to Puma like I think a couple of times. Like, I, oh, he said, he confirmed it was like two times he'd come to Puma. So I knew who the guy was. So I like paid attention to the um, the fight and everything. And he was like, yeah, I did like one jujitsu um lessen that whole camp for this mma fight and i was like oh that's probably why you got armbar bro yeah and he was like yeah he's like the shit thing in now is that he built this gym he built this platform where he can train and he's got all these coaches and that he, he's got all this knowledge and he's done mark hunt's camp and he's yeah. had the rock come in and he's friends with jamie tahuna he knows ty and tyson like all this stuff and he's built such a massive platform for himself and now his body like doesn't mm. really allow him to compete yeah. as much as he wants. Like he wants to compete again for sure, but it's like that funny thing. Like back when his body was behind him, he didn't have the knowledge, and now he's got yeah. the knowledge. But he had some heart problems. He's got a fucked out arm, and yeah, he's had such oh a shit run with injuries. Huh? It's because he is always at that gym and yeah. he's overworking himself. Yeah, you, if he's, you're listening, stop. But yeah, like, he trains you don't listen. Old yeah, <laughs> yeah. I really everyone go. tells him to, but yeah, he's yeah. just a competitor, man. But he's amazing. Like so. I, I kind of get why and you have that platform in front of you you're not going to sit there and let it he's one of those things that won't let things waste like mm. you take every opportunity and just like go for it I'm excited for his son though because oh, I think that he's going to be great and yeah. the way Cole acts with Mano yeah. is really great as well yep. he was like to me he was like oh after that last comp I just like stopped like I just didn't I didn't tell Mano we had to go to training I just was like oh like and then leave it up to him yeah kinda. leave yeah. it up to him and then he just came up to me one day and was like oh are we going to jujitsu and he was like all right we'll get back into it because he yeah. didn't want him to fizz out and i think that's the main problem with like all these 
like gnarly jiu-jitsu kids. We've got so many good kids coming through, especially in Australia. Yeah, Some of them will wild. fizz out though. Like some of them mm. will get to an age where they're like, oh, I've been kind of like worrying about my weight, worrying about going to training every day and now like all these kids are doing like strength and conditioning even for jiu-jitsu, like high-level Abu Dhabi trials and stuff like that. Like, And which is cool, but I mean that's taken up a lot of time when you're putting on top of the – just general fact of being a kid and going to school and Mm. having friends and like getting into all that sort of stuff so it's like they're all going to probably fizz out so i like his mentality about it to leave it up to him and if mono wants to do it mono will do it if he doesn't then that's cool like i'm not gonna force him to do it all the time i'm gonna tell him to get off his ass but i'm not gonna Mm. be like oh you have to be the best at jujitsu yeah but if he's got that competitive grunt in him he enjoys it you just keep the love there, keep the fire there mm. and just fuel it. I like that. What would you say to women that like can't defend themselves basically? Because yeah. I think that I, I really think that since I started doing jujitsu, it's really opened up my eyes to like, not just how bad a woman can get fucked up, but just how bad a dude can get fucked up. Like yeah. when I walked into the gym for the first time, I didn't think I'd get destroyed. Yeah. Just like, completely, completely helpless. Manipulated. Helpless. Like, yeah. And it's like... You don't even know what's happening, but it's happening to you and it sucks. Yeah. It's like you just That's don't... You can't... Yeah. You yeah. can't deal with it. And I think that it was really... Um, it was really like put a lot of stuff into perspective for me with like this whole... It was right around the time where um, there was like a couple of girls got raped in Melbourne. Yeah. And, it, and turned into like this big thing. and yeah. And it was... I was like, fuck, like, I really think that because ev- the conversation was like, we need to do more policing, we need to do more of this, we need to. And I'm like, man, maybe women just need to learn some skills. Even just open their mind to the fact that they can do exactly these martial arts. Like, I know uh, now, like, the mainstream thing to do is go do like a fitness boxing class. And I think that's great. Like, that's really cool. But it also just gives you that strength behind you, just like. Instead of being so frail and like, like I've always just been, I've always been one of those kids that's just like strong. Like I've just been a strong kid. I've always done sports and um, I wouldn't say I always ate well, but like I was maybe a little bit squishy when I was younger, but I was always built like, you know, yeah, you know what I mean? Like I was maybe carrying a bit too much fat, but like if you went to push me over, you'd probably fall over yourself. Like, so I've, I've never really understand that kind of when I see someone who's frail and stuff, it's not about the fact that they're not strong or they can't lift or, or squat or whatever it is. it's a mentality. But it's like if if it came down to like even like the apocalypse and you're going to die first. Yeah. Like I'm not, but you're going to die first. Like why would you not want that confidence in yourself that you're g- giving your body the what it wants? It wants protein like it wants mm. to be muscle so you might as well get behind it and give it something to to use for just general life things so you can pick up that box so, so you can like lift your handbag or so you can lift your kid or you can move the couch when you need to clean underneath it just mm. like general things i feel like that is now only now just kind of evolving where women are like oh yeah we should we should like be strong as well like we we should we it's not just like a male thing to be strong mm. and i like that and i i mean i've seen like so many girls as well um, be hesitant to start things like jujitsu, especially because it's 
You, I mean, you walk in. It's fucking daunting oh, for man. a chick. Like, like I will say it's that. It's still daunting for me. Like, and yeah. I know what the fuck I'm doing. So, like, I can imagine, like, walking into a sweaty gym, all these guys just rolling in each other's faces. Everyone's sweating. Everyone's, like, there's, like, maybe one to every ten dudes. Like, one female to every ten dudes. And you're just, like what is happening and how do I do it first? Mm. And jujitsu is one of those things that you don't even know where to start. Like you kind yeah. of just like, oh, everything. It overloads your brain like because there's just so there's much so information. Much. Yeah. <laughs> and you're never going to get it all. But even that starting bit, I, I fucking hated jujitsu when I started. I was just like, I'm so shit at this. I'm always getting smashed. Everyone's just smothering me. I'm not even being able to move my arm, let alone like get on my hip or like all mm. these things. And then th- once you get past that, I've seen so many girls just evolve and fucking take it like neck level. Like I know like per, like my best friend Georgia is a mom of two. Her husband's a jiu-jitsu black belt and he's Brazilian. And she, her dad's always kind of boxed as well. Mm. So she has that boxing background. She started jiu-jitsu after meeting us after they had two kids. She didn't start it before that. And obviously they dated before that. Yeah. Um, but she started after they had the kids. And now she's a purple belt, trains at Southside. She's a fucking beast, man. Like... She's smaller than me. She probably walks around about like five, six kilos smaller than me. Mm. She smashes me. Like I'm just getting raped. Like I'm yeah. just like, this is not fun. <laughs> and like we used to be similar, but obviously I have to do MMA. So I have to do everything yeah. else. And she's just been doing jujitsu with the help of Marcelo. Um, and I just think it's so fucking cool that people like that can just, she now like sometimes competes in Sydney and does all these cool things. And um, and she's nailing it. I was like, anyone can do that. Like you're a mom of two holding down a household and and working and you're still figuring out how to be a purple belt in jiu-jitsu which is a magnificent like achievement in itself and then like you can hold your own no matter where you are and i think that's so Mm. so cool and so inspiring for like a lot of people and like um I remember even like uh, you trained with Shane Young, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I remember when Rihanna, Rain, man. She, yeah, oh. she's the chick that I always like point people to. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, man, this chick is cute as a button, yeah. but she will so wrap sweet. you up like a fucking <laughs> Christmas present. I remember she when will strangle you. She's like, she's. I think she's so awesome. And then like she. I so Shane I worked with Shane for like years um, at Flans. So yeah, we're okay, both okay. Flannery um, kids and. Um, so I met her early on and he was just start, kind of starting jiu-jitsu. I think he was a white belt when I met him. And then um, she was kind of like just thinking, should I do it or not? Yeah, and I yeah. was like, dude, go for it, man. I was like, jiu-jitsu is really cool. Like, so I was like, it's so cool. I was like, um, I was like, Shane, tell her to get into it. Like, it's going to be great for her. I was like, she'll love it. And then um, she fucking started and she just went bang. Like, yeah. And then they just, now they're both purple belts. They're both fucking killing it. They're both, then she was hesitant to compete because she just wasn't sure uh, if she'd do well, I think. I mm. think that was the thing. And she was a bit intimidated. I was like, you're never going to know until you like just go and give it a go. And then like I would talk to Shane with it a lot. And then, um, yeah, she, now she's, fucking killing it and they've got a good crew of girls there too which i think she's helped as well she's helped the strength of you start one girl a couple of girls will come into a gym they see another girl there they're like okay so i can do this and then next minute you got five and like five colored belted girls like i think that's amazing and i i think like for anyone thinking about it it's like jujitsu isn't just going to give you that confidence in yourself to be able to walk down the street and not be as scared of life itself because unfortunately we live in the 21st century and any fucking shit can happen we've got drugs weapons all this shit all these unknown factors that can just cause so many threats to 
not just anyone in general, but like, yeah, like females specifically are susceptible to it. And like, you start boxing, you start Muay Thai, you start Jiu-Jitsu, whatever you want to do. I would always recommend Jiu-Jitsu out of all of them. It just gives you this inner confidence that if something goes down, you're going to be not too bad off. Like mm. it, that person may be a little bit bigger than you. It was probably a struggle, but you're going to make enough space to get out of there. Yeah. Like even if you don't sub them and choke them out and they don't go to sleep, you're going to make enough space to get out of there. And like, even if you, you know show remote skill and ability to protect yourself, People like, you can guarantee that motherfucker is getting out of there. Yeah, they thought it was going to be easy and then they realize it's not. They mean, it out. if like an, an attacker meets any kind of resistance. Yeah. And this is true with like men fighting men. Yeah. Like, man, I had a guy when I did some boxing and he always said to me, he's like, you want, if you get in a fucking fight with someone, just one stiff jab. Yeah. Don't go throwing Being overhand rights and stuff. <laughs> He's like, don't try and do any pub brawl stuff. Yeah. He said, just throw a fucking quick jab. He's like, yeah. even if it doesn't connect with them, it gotta that's be a, a good warning technical shot. Technical jab. Yeah, yeah. That's a warning shot. And then 100%. he's like, if because he, he's like, if I see someone throw like a stiff jab at me. I'm going, you know Ladies. what? Fuck this. <laughs> this dude actually can box. Yeah. So you know it's like, what? even, this guy knows what he's doing. and even I think just the mentality of like a chick like Reed, and she's the best example because yeah. she wasn't uh, a chick that um, had martial arts background. She's yeah. not a fighter. She's a, a super cute little, little she's blonde girl. She's blonde. She's got freckles. She's stunning. She's just like, she's a little bit smaller. She's got a soft voice. She's yep. like, sweet she's as girl. You're the, the girl next Average door. Show. Yep. yep. And she has invested in these skills and you can see like the confidence that she has. You can see the way she talks to people like that shit. That that's yeah. the shit that I love that martial arts does to people, yeah. even to males, but mainly to females, like just the confidence it gives you like that confidence will, that will allow you enough, to avoid I was gonna these say, confrontations that's to protect you. Yeah. Just you, being like, get out of my face. Like, yeah, and don't do that. Like I've never been in a street fight in my life. Never been in any street confrontation in my life. And I think mainly it's just because I just turn around to people and I just laugh at them. Yeah. I'm just like, don't do that. Like that's silly. And just you got nothing down. to prove. Like, you yeah. Fights yeah. Every day. Yeah. I only get paid to fight now. If you're going to try fight me in the street, you got to pay me. Like that's the only way it's going to happen now. <laughs> that's my mentality. And it's like, fuck, like I don't need to prove you, but as, as well as that, I can just be confident enough that this is going to go down my way no matter what. So, yeah. and that's fucking badass. And, and, and that's something that you've invested. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not a big dude. Like if some guy comes up to me in the street, like he's a, a bigger dude. Like if I yeah. didn't have skills, it's ju- going to be just as easy for that dude to fuck me up as it is to fuck 100%. a chick up. Yeah. So it's like, I think the conversation always goes to like the, women's side of thing because the outcome for you guys is way worse yeah in terms of the sexual nature of things yeah. like there's not many dudes trying to rape dudes in the street yeah. and that's that's fair just how it is yeah but at the same time it's like i can get fucked up i'm not some big monster that no one and wants it's to more likely with. to be honest that you're gonna get fucked well, up there like, is more male like that male violence it's more likely that you're gonna get into a confrontation yeah. but it is more likely that i'm gonna get dominated yeah because of that weight advantage whatever it is but it's not. I'm not going out and saying that if you start martial arts, you'll be able to fuck everyone up on the street. That's definitely not what I'm going to say. It's just gonna. It's just that difference between you having confidence and you being scared of life. Yeah. Like I don't. 
ever want to be scared of life. I don't ever want to be intimidated to go walk down the street. Like mm. even when I'm in the middle of Hong Kong and I'm in like the burbs and I was like not – like Hong Kong Island is real nice and so that's where all the nice stuff is but I was on the other side. Mm. And I was like I'm going to run down the street and run around because I need to lose weight. But the confidence that I have to be able to do that, whereas I can imagine a lot of girls would have been like, oh, it's a bit dangerous. Like mm. what if something happens and like there's – Hong Kong's one of those places that stays up till like 4am in the morning so there's a lot of people on the street there was a lot of people going on and I was like oh I was like um oh, I'm, I'm happy that I'm confident in myself that yeah. if something goes down I'll be able to sprint it or fucking like push you off or whatever it is it's not even like martial arts mainly it's just the confidence that I my body is ready for this like uh, yeah. you can hit me I'm not gonna go down the first time maybe go down the second time yeah. like that's so I've got that advantage in itself and so it's just like you just kind of want that confidence and you're like, I don't understand why you wouldn't want it and it's not going to ever be a negative aspect. Even if you only do it for like a couple of years, mm. you've got it there. You can maybe go back to doing the gym or doing your little boot camps or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. And that's awesome because your body's still like strong enough to be able to deal with things. Yeah, I just never want to be the kind of person that can't, yeah, like move a couch by myself. Like I've been stuck in situations where i've had to put like a moped in the back of a territory and i did it i was like fuck it i was like i'm gonna lift this shit and i'm gonna and like it wasn't easy but i know that a lot of people would not be out they'll be stuck in those situations i don't ever want to be like that so it's like it's not even that it's not even that i don't want to rely on a male to do it that's not what it is it's just that i personally yeah i want to do it i've always been an independent person so i just want to do it so I, i encourage people to do that themselves and never be be limited in their own abilities mm. just kind of like yeah I, and i think it's getting more and more popular for like females to do i'm seeing like a lot more australian muay thai fighters i'm not seeing mm. a lot more boxers i mean the girl i boxed on the weekend was a um an afl player yeah right. and she must have seen that like started in it i'm not really sure how and then yeah decided oh hey i want to do some boxing now she's um had like four fights and stuff and in between her um afl seasons and i think that's awesome like you can now do footy and then you can do boxing and then you're encouraging all these other people to do boxing or martial arts or footy or these things that they were told that maybe they shouldn't do or avoid yeah well we're gonna wrap it up because we've got another one another podcast coming in here shortly (laughs) i've really really enjoyed talking to you you're a super cool person you're cooler than you come across on instagram (laughs) which is cool as fuck thanks yeah i get told that i appreciate that a lot i'm trying to like social media is one of those funny things i'm trying to show my personality you can't really like portray your personality on a digital thing you know the thing too though like the the best thing about the podcast and i was talking to a guy about this on the weekend yeah and uh he like listens to the podcast and he was like stoked and we're having a conversation and i just i sort of said to him like the person that you are on a pod podcast is the person you are yeah because it's like we've been going for fucking two and a half hours like you can't keep yeah. up some kind of facade or bullshit fake personality you try. like yeah you could try but i mean unless what, you it have might like last your like 30 minutes publicist, yeah, publicist yeah, or whatever go. sitting there that's about it but yeah so you're you're a super real person Thanks, and um i'm yeah i'm gonna be tuning into your fight for bellator perfect and wait. uh yeah Thank you very much for coming. Talking about the stuff that you did, I think you got a super balanced perspective on Thanks. a lot of the stuff we talked about, and I'm glad that you have the uh, the confidence to to talk about some of this stuff and not feel yeah. pressured as a woman to 
stay in that lane or join that mob mentality. Yeah. 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 So I think it's, uh, that's like a, just a credit to yourself in general that you've got the confidence to say the things that you actually believe in. Yeah. Even Thanks, though man. they're not the most popular beliefs yeah. at the moment. It is what it is. But the more you say it, the more people will kind of jump on board and open their mind to new, new opinions. And that's, I think the ultimate weapon that you have is just having your opinion and educating people perfect well fucking enjoyed it you're a legend thanks man i appreciate it cheers sweet